works. Home security systems? Who name it? We got it! Crown? Mr. Hammond? The phones are working. Children all right? The children are fine. Call the mainland. Tell them to send the goddamn helicopters. Alright everyone, welcome back to uh, Gundam and MHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and uh, joining me always is Chris and Solbro, or Solbro and Chris. Guys, say hello. I don't want to make one of you feel like you're more important than the other, so I was <laughs> trying to be very politically correct there. Well, so. sup gang, how y'all doing tonight? Yo bitches. Hey, yo bitches. <laughs> and uh, this is episode 162 of Gundam at MHQ, and uh, we're going to break a little trend here. We've been having some uh, double episodes, late, or double segments in our episodes, the last couple ones, but um, pretty much going to be just having one segment because we're going to be catching up on some other things in between that segment. Our first segment of this episode is going to be our second half and final thoughts, reviews, and impressions of Gundam Build Fighters Try, which had recently uh, wrapped up its season. So um, some good stuff there. Guys, uh, anything as I'm walking over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio? You are the king! You are the king! No, I'm excited to hear what's going on. Oh, yeah. It's got some Neo's Listener Submitted News. And as always, you can always submit your articles in the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk Forum. Oh, my God. And talk about another surprise. The surprises don't quit in this episode. <laughs> the first poster, not Vent Noir. Normally oh, it is. Yo, get out of town. Yeah. He, <laughs> he must Oh, he must have did something. He must have did something in the yard. He got stuck in the hole because... <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't able to post on this one. Um, but yes, first poster comes from a longtime poster, uh, Wielder. And uh, this is coming from the Anime News Network. And Gundam G. Reco. You guys remember that, right? Remember, remember watching that show? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like uh, the creator, the writer, the man that did it, mm-hmm. Mr. Tomino, he uh, basically said um, there were some story problems. (laughs) (laughs) He's admitting that there might have been some story problems with this. And I guess in the June edition of uh, Gundam Ace, Tomino admitted to his error saying... I'd only get 15 points out of 100, so he's only giving him a score of 15 oh my out of 100. Wow. He said he uh, praises the detail and the skill of the animation, and he even apologized for pushing his staff too far. Uh, I don't know what that's all about. I think the level of storyboards 
were not up to par, and since he was not drawing them with the old sense of robot anime, and he felt the story was lost amid, amidst the action scenes and was a big miscalculation. The principle that screenwriting should prevail over the quality of action scenes was totally discarded, is what he said. So um, basically, he's just saying, yeah, there were some problems. It says here, he said, frankly, I don't think it would be this horrible. Fundamentally, people don't respond to stories made with cold logic. If logic is overpowering, it would be a story you'd be emotionally attached to. That's, That's all. After episode 19, we approved, so it became a little easier to watch. But gosh, it was too late. What a terrifying amount of effort we managed to wrap up everything <laughs> by episode 28 or 26. So, um, yeah, he's got quite a few other quotes in here, but I would encourage people to go to the link in the, the Mecha Talk forum here and, and read them yourself and take your, your impressions. Uh, so, Chris, um, what, what, what are your, some of your thoughts of uh, Mr. Tomino's thoughts of Gundam Reconquista? You know, I... I don't even want to get into this one because <laughs> this broke the day after the, we day. the last episode. It sure did. And there was a massive argument about it on on Facebook. Hmm. And know. there's been some uh, contention about what was said. And a uh, couple of independent sources have uh, done translations and said that um, what's going on in, in those statements is like not completely accurate. So I never heard the follow-up of what... Uh, what was was said so it sounds like that tamino's comments were mainly about like people like the people that he wanted to pay attention to the story not getting it like he wanted the the nuclear policy people to listen to it it's like i don't think that was going to happen so i will just uh hold comment on that because uh there's nothing else i want to say about g-reco at this point right now so I said what I have to say. There's nothing more to add to the record. So even 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 if he admitted everything was wrong, still not going to change what you think, right? There you go. Well, if he did admit that it was all wrong and that was all accurately translated, I would say, well, you have well, it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, you <laughs> not just not just me not Get getting it or not paying attention well enough or it being too deep for me to understand. It's like, well, there you go. Ooh, the Evangelion argument. It's too deep for you to understand. I'll always love that one. That's a classic. Yeah. That's a classic argument. It's just, it's just too much. You just can't understand all the things. Eh, whatever. But uh, well, thank you, Mister Wheel, there for your submission. Uh, next, ooh, Vent Noir does come up with uh, the next post here, and uh, this is some sad news from the Anime Net- News Network. It looks like uh, Pacific Rim Two Electric Boogaloo mm-hmm. is going to be delayed until August of two thousand seventeen. So uh, they're 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 looking. They're going to be releasing it. It was originally supposed to be like uh, April seventh, two thousand seventeen, was the original release date. But now it's been moved to August fourth, two thousand seventeen, and it doesn't really say any reasons why. But whatever. So it's it it went from one month in, that started with an A to the next month that started with an A. So but same year. Del Toro will have more free time on his hands now that uh, Silent Hills isn't happening. So, oh yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, I, he could take a sweet time with it, man. I wanted to and be as good as he can make it. So I, I don't really. I, there's no hurry. We got a lot of blockbusters in between now and then. So it, and there's also plenty of time between now and then for WB to cancel Dark Universe. Oh huh? shoot! <laughs> there you go. Leave him with even more free time. Jeez. <laughs> well, uh, 
Thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Oh, and we follow up with Wielder. I mean, this is like a this is just a Vent Noir Wielder segment here. Hmm. He follows up, and I'm not going to go too much into this, but there is a link here to the Anime News Network. Uh, there is a little there is a interview uh, that was done by um, a thing called Movie Collection, and they were streaming a, an interview with Guillermo del Toro where he talks about uh, Pat Labor hmm. in the video. So uh, he talks about how it influences a lot of his work and some other animes and Japanese horror films that have influenced what he does. So uh, not going to go too much into that. Just uh, check out the link and uh, take a look at it for yourself. So um, thank you, Mr. Wielder, for your submission. And oh my God, Ben Noir follows up with a new one here. And it <laughs> looks like uh, there's a link here that Gundam, the game Gundam Battle Operation Next, is going to be coming to the PS3 and the PS4. And possibly the PS5. But no, just the PS3 and the PS4. Yeah, there so was... Um, it's a free-to-play game. I'm not done yet. Oh, so, sorry. Okay. Go for it. And uh, <laughs> I guess uh, it launched in June of 2012. There's some beta versions that are available to May 3rd. So, yes, it's the first free-to-play game for the Gundam franchise. So, Soulbro, your thoughts? Well, the uh, the demo actually came out a few days ago. Uh, we played it during the last EX versus the Gundam Nation. Actually, it's uh for those who are wondering, yeah, this is the follow up to Gundam Battle Ops. Next is uh the uh, they they had a I guess a beta going on, and I, I never played beta uh, Battle Ops before, at least not as extensive as that was. It was a little confusing, but then again, if you don't speak Japanese, it could be a little bit overwhelming to uh, get into the game. But we we played it a bit. Uh, I can't say it looks all that great on PS3, but uh, there's of course a PS4 version, and I. I I'd like to try that out next time they uh, when they roll out the game in full. Of course, no word on if there'll ever be an American version. Probably never. <laughs> you know, you, I think you know the odds of that happening, but... <laughs> we have a better odds of getting probably EX Versus than that. <laughs> Which I would prefer, because I, I yeah. played the original Battle Operation when it came out, and I was not at all impressed. Yeah, EX Versus is a far better game. <laughs> uh, number one, it looked like ass. Yeah. It was very just clunky system and the whole free-to-play bullshit of you know the energy tanks and you gotta wait for them to charge and or you could pay all this money to keep playing mm-hmm. i don't i don't go for that stuff yeah it's it, since, <laughs> since it's a freemium game that definitely makes it a lot less like appealing to play yeah like i will pay you 60 bucks for a game and then you just let me play it online yeah. as much as i want yeah. i'm not gonna buy like endless amounts of energy tanks that will add up to hundreds of dollars <laughs> Way more than just buying an entire freaking game. I would just run out and buy um, Versus Next. Yeah. The the funny thing was is that um it, just as you mentioned, uh if you play for three times, then you have to wait two hours to build up a play again. So um that kinda sucks. And if that's gonna be the model, then I really don't find myself playing it all that much, even when the full version comes out. Those types of games. Yeah. It's uh it's a shame that gaming that's what gaming is evolving into, but I'll stick with games that you can buy outright and play as much as I want to. Well, thank you, Vent Noir, for your submission. Oh, coming back again is Wilder. Gosh, it's just a one-two punch with these guys. Oh, Oh, and it looks like uh, something just got the old unicorn treatment. Oh, yeah, coming from the Anime News Network. Guess what? One of Chris's favorite shows, Code Geass Akito, The Exiled. Well, Chris, I know you were mad because it only was going to four episodes. Guess what? It's going to five. Yep, it's been confirmed. The the script for the fourth episode has been rewritten to incorporate a fifth episode. So, uh, yeah, there you go. And uh, the fourth episode is going to premiere on July the 4th. So 
Oh, so just when I thought it was over, it's actually not going to be over? It won't be over. No, sir. Yes, it got the unicorn treatment. So uh, there you go. That's definitely, uh, I mean, hey, all of us, we, we, we thought it was all going to be over with, but guess oh, not. It's never over. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. It is never <laughs> over at all. And, and I'm going to guess it's going to have just a lot more screen time for not Lelouch. Probably. <laughs> Probably. No, no details that I have on this yet. But uh, thank you, Mr. Wielder, for your submission. Oh, the next one comes again with Vent Noir. And he's just got a link uh, to the Gundam Guy blog. And there's some mobile suit images for the OVA of Gundam Bill Fighters Tribe build up the room. So they're, they're OVA there. So uh, check that out. So thank you, Mr. Vent Noir and Wielder, for all your submissions. You're the only guy <laughs> submitting anything. <laughs> but uh, we don't have any Robot Apocalypse news. No Human Resistance League news. No Shat news. Oh. We do have the best news that ever could be the bestest news there ever was. Ever was and ever will be. Survey news. Yes. Hit the horn, Soul Bro. Of course. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh, my God. That's bullshit. What the Dude, can we uh, bring the brewskis? <laughs> oh, man. And, and, and this is just, this is even better. Some survey news coming from Rodimus76. It looks like, you know, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Space Alien Turtles. Yeah. They just casted a new shredder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know who it is, but go ahead, sir. Yeah, it's, um, what, what, uh, what, what, what is this, what, uh, what's this person, dude? Oh, wait a second. If you, if you see his face, you'll know exactly who he is. I, I, I'll, I'll say two words, man. The Drift King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they casted Brian T as the Drift King. And they also casted, uh, in other news, they casted Tyler Perry yeah, as Baxter was... Stockman. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's who I was, yeah, see, seeing that. Cause, mm-hmm. cause he puts here the thing, he just says, adds Tyler Perry, but doesn't talk about the new Shredder. And then I went to the article, it's like, oh, there's a new Shredder. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Tyler Perry. Uh, who, what, what is uh, what's the fat suit character that Tyler Perry does? Oh, you talking about Medea? Medea. <laughs> Medea's gonna show up in te- <laughs> Teenage Mutant Space Ninja Turtles. So. Well, well, Neil, you read the original comics, right? The, the the black and white ones, right? I I never knew this, but I found out once they casted uh, what's Tyler, that? Tyler Perry that Nin- uh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, for Ninja Turtles. Yeah, never. Uh, I've never been a huge. No, I've I've seen them. I never really read them. Never been a big ninja turtles person so i I never really got to read the mirage don't hold it against me everyone i just (laughs) haven't i just never was a big guy they were were past your prime but uh (laughs) no no they were just i just never got into it so well um i never knew this until um tyler perry was casted but But baxter stockman actually started out as a uh, a black man in the comics so it's actually hearkening back to what? the original so he Mirage comics. Watched in the cartoon? He did. He did indeed. I did not know that April O'Neil was his lab assistant, actually, when she first it was introduced. So um, he was that far back in the comic uh, when he got rolled out. So uh, it's it's kind of a callback to the character. And if you've seen Gone Girl, that's the first time I ever saw Tyler Perry play a role that I actually really enjoyed him in. So I hope with the right direction, he'll Probably get... Probably because it was a role he had nothing to do with the writing of. Pretty much. <laughs> So uh, I really hope that uh, he can come through. I've already, I'm already interested in this because uh, uh, Stephen Amell is playing uh, oh, well, Casey this, Jones. So this destroy Rodimus seventy six's next oh. <laughs> article. We talked that, about it last that, episode, though. This this is old news. 
Well, no, actually, there's a, they've released a photo. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yes. And I've seen, uh, you know, someone memed it, of course, that photo of him wearing the mask, and they had the caption, you have failed these sewers. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. So, uh... There you go. But yeah, yeah, no, they released they released a picture of it. So go to Rodimus Seventy Six's link there. Thank you, Rodimus Seventy Six, for your submission. Thank you, everyone, for all your submissions. And if you ever have any news that you'd like to be submitting, go to the Neos listeners submit a news article thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And uh, man, before we go to our first and only segment, we got some. Uh, it, it's back. Crank up your crank up the radio phone. Get, get out your Model T and your old woolen suit for a, a nice <laughs> summer's day. And those war bonds. We don't buy war bonds and help our boys overseas. <laughs> help Captain America fight the Nazi menace. <laughs> buy your war bonds. <laughs> And remember, this is going to be brought to you by Stark Industries, bringing the future to your family. <laughs> Old Tommy with Chris. Cut off one head, two more grow in its place. I mean, go America. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's now time for some Old Timey with uh, Chris. So, Chris, I give it to you. <laughs> Sponsored by Hydra. <laughs> and Rocks on Oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rocks on Oil. We now have... We now have Octane 88. Octane <laughs> 88. New unleaded gasoline. Kills you slower. This will never catch on. <laughs> Done with rationing? Don't have to ration your gas anymore? Go to Roxanne Oil. <laughs> we'll clean your windshield. Check your oil. <laughs> Fill your tires. <laughs> so the old-timey, as always, you can... Submit new items in the thread on mechatalk.net. Our first one comes from Philly Gundam fan, and it should be pretty apparent what uh, it's from in a minute. It takes a lot to make a stew, a pinch of salt and laughter too, a scoop of kids to add the spice, a dash of love to make it nice, and you've got too many cooks, too many cooks, too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many. It takes a lot to make a stew when it comes to me and you. And him and her and the baby too. Too many cooks, it's true. The saying goes, it'll spoil the broth. Honestly, I think that's not true. Well, maybe too many cooks will spoil the broth. But they'll fill our hearts with so much, so much love. Too many cooks. A family is like a soup. Everyone adds an extra scoop. Mix an ounce of smile so sweet. A dash of cool to add the heat. And you've got too many cooks. (laughs) This is the story of cooks. Cybernetic operational optimized knights of science. Defending humanity against the beast rebels of the hellscape. When it comes to the future, you can never have too many cooks. There you go, man. Yo, a William Street classic. (laughs) So, yes. In case you didn't know what that's from, it's Harvey Birdman. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So this next one comes from Project 5, and uh, I'm going to go a little darker on this one, understandably. But dark, but old timey though, like dark. Still old timey, but darker. Dark old timey. Okay. 
Man, with blood in the rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse so freshly dead, together with our hellish hate, we'll burn you all. That is your fate. <laughs> you sound like the penguin. I saw. Man. I heard I started off trying to be like Edward G. Robinson. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you were channeling old Edward there. Oh, my gosh. The next one comes from Yokozuna Bulldozer. So, Sober, I think you can find the appropriate music for, for this one. Metro City, 1989. A time when chaos rules the streets. A time when chaos goes by the name Mad Gear. A time when Mad Gear takes away love. A time when love goes by the name Jessica. A time when the hero needs helping hands. A time when the hero goes by the name Cody. A time when the helping hand goes by the name Guy. A time when another hand goes by the name Mike. A time when Mike power bombs. A time when Guy kicks like a tornado. A time when Cody layeth the combo punches. A time to fight the final fight. <laughs> Takes me back. <laughs> but, but but for our, our, our French speaking Canadians, he's at, he's not guy, he's Guy. So. <laughs> Next up is uh, Burtman Four who's getting all sciencey with some Isaac Newton. I do not know what I may appear to the world, but to myself I seem to have only been like a boy playing on the seashore and devoting myself in now and then finding a smoother pebble or a prettier shell than ordinary, whilst the great ocean of truth lay all undiscovered before me. Wow. Nice. So next one comes from the Hod, and this one's digging into uh, the, the world of Hollywood Babylon, and I think Neo will recognize this one right away, as will Sobro. Oh, yes. Commander, you have rained on my glorious parade. For this, I am sending everything I've got at you, but I won't let you have the satisfaction of catching me. I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Spice! <laughs> Some of Tim Curry's best work. And we have a, a double feature here with the hot again, hitting up some of the uh, Mel Brooks. Nice. And it's even newsy. On a sadder note, Pizza the Hut was found dead earlier today in the back seat of his stretch limo. <laughs> Evidently, the notorious locked in his car and ate himself to death. <laughs> Pizza the Hut. <laughs> Next up is The Shade giving us some uh, 007 action from the very beginning of Dr. No. Oh, cool. But you were different. You cost me time, money, effort. You damaged my organization and my pride. I was curious to see what kind of a man you were. I thought there might even be a place for you with Spectre. Unfortunately, I misjudged you. You are just a stupid policeman whose luck has run out. <laughs> Those are the classic lines right there, man. I actually got Dr. No is one of my favorite Bond movies. And uh, it's cool to see uh, that they're bringing back Spectre with the latest movie, too, man. Good stuff. Shout out to the shade. All right. And next up, we have one from listener Revan Vrake, who's going uh, super old school.
In the distant future, mankind has reached the stars, but the galaxy is troubled. <laughs> the Earth Sphere Alliance rules the outlying colonies with an iron fist. Those who oppose them die. Battles are waged with mobile suits. The key to military dominance. <laughs> the only hope for the colonies. Five elite soldiers and the legendary mobile suit called Gundams. Now these pilots will shape the foundations of the Alliance and change the course of history. If they can stay alive. From the Gundam universe, a new chapter in one of the greatest anime sagas of all time. Gundam Wing. Weekdays at 5.30. Suit up. Only on Toonamai. <laughs> That's how it's said. Is this, a, is this the British Cartoon Network? <laughs> With that all that gun damn. Next up is one from uh, PQ Comics who has a Casey Kasem dedication. Oh, right. <laughs> there you go. We have a long distance dedication from Peptimus Sirocco. <laughs> Or Skyrocco. I don't know. I don't care. He says he's dedicating it to the two newest members of his harem, Rikua and Sarah. He writes, I'm sending this one out to the crew of the Argama, especially to you, cats. Listen, learn, prepare to be cuckold. When a rich Uga wants you and your Uga can't do nothing for you, these hoes ain't loyal. These hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> that's pretty good oh that's beautiful <laughs> so our last one will come from Dayman Fighter of the Nightman of course good stuff so th this one may sound familiar to some people the Jedi Rebellion has been foiled the attempt on my life has left me scarred and deformed but I assure you, my resolve has never been stronger. In order to ensure our security and continuing stability, the Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire for a safe and secure society. An empire that will continue to be ruled by this august body and a sovereign ruler chosen for life. Mm -hmm. An empire ruled by the majority, ruled by a new constitution. The new order of peace has triumphed over the shadowy secrecy of shameful magicians. The direction of our course is clear. I will lead the Empire to glories beyond imagining. We have been tested, but we have emerged stronger. We move forward as one people, the imperial citizens of the First Galactic Empire. We will prevail. Ten thousand years of peace begins today. That's <laughs> so... It's a, it's a post-game thing of Bill Belichick after a Patriots one. There you go. <laughs> I mean, because he's... he's Die from dying. <laughs> I mean, he is the real-life version of Ever Palpatine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man. In the sometime near future, your wife may supposedly, could possibly die somewhat. Oh, my God. What is a story told badly? <laughs> But hey, man, uh, the Empire has to have one hell of a PR person. I would love to see the story of that guy. <laughs> oh, 
do. Just have to go to Twitter and, and look up Death Star PR. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I've heard about them. I've been meaning to, to check out their work. That's freaking awesome. Isn't, isn't, doesn't that some more go... Wasn't it Clerks where they had to talk about the the yes. contractors on the yes, on indeed. The contractors Star. on the Death Star? Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> All the poor contractors on the Death Star. That shit was real talk. <laughs> I mean, when you when you kind of think about that, it it, it is it is a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> the contractor came in and cleared that mess all up. <laughs> they knew what they well, were no. getting into. <laughs> so. Yeah. So that's it for the old timey section. You could send in more, but uh, please don't for now because we're so behind. I don't want to even get further behind. So don't go. send any more. Just let me finish what we got now. There you go. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Reverse psychology on them? <laughs> please send us more, but don't. No, I'm serious. Don't send us more. Maybe I'll just close the damn thread. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> to get caught up. Put it on yes. pause. Put it on pause. I know somebody's not going to listen and be like, oh, let me post some uh, old-timer stuff, guys. Huh. You about to get a, a submission. A deluge. A deluge guys. No, because I'll have closed this thread long before this episode is released. Yeah, he will put his... Touche. <laughs> he, will put, he will put his magic sunshade up. So, back to you, Neil. All right. Well, guys, anything else before we go to our first segment of this episode? Gun to Bill Fighters try. Woohoo! No. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back in a sec. You're listening to Gundam and MHQ. and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, Let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! 
mankind's desire, mankind's destiny. Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool. All right. Knock the shoes I have been having a very bad day. Just got out of jail this morning. Already I have been shot at. I was on the bus that flipped over 17 times. Bitch tried to stab me in the bathroom. But somebody blew up my Porsche. I am in a bad goddamn mood. Now I usually don't jump in when somebody's getting beat down. But this man Jack Cates is going to help me straighten out the rest of my day. Now I suggest you all back up and let us go about our business. Because you got a gun? No, because I have a gun and I'll pop a cap in your ass. You can't kite mountain, 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 Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ, and for this segment, we're going to be doing our full-time coverage of Gundam Build Fighters Try. We had done, what was it, the first 13 episodes the last, the last time around? Yes, indeed. we got the 12 remaining. So we're going to cover those last few, episodes 14 to 25, and again, unlike our detailed reviews that we've done for G-Reco and other shows, we're just doing a bit of a summary broad summary because this being a tournament fighting show, there's no need to get into all the nitty gritty and we also just didn't want to spend that much time podcasting about this series in four episode chunks. <laughs> so we're not going to go into it episode by episode, just broadly discussing the second half and what we feel about it. And of course you can check out reviews on MHQ as well. So second half uh, coincidentally, basically, is the complete national tournament. We start with um, everybody remodeling their Gundams, and we see them debut in the very first battle of the first day. Their upgraded suits, the Tri-Burning Gundam, the Lightning Gundam Fulvernian, and the uh, Star-Winning Gundam, which all have new parts, new gimmicks, all new fancy things that, of course, you see throughout the course of the episodes unfolding these gimmicks, such as the uh, star winning being able to have all these different funnels and transforming into a regular size Gundam. Oh, yeah. And the uh, Lightning Fulvernian, it uh, has really high speed. It has increased firepower. It's even more powerful just in de- by default than something that's moving in Trans Am. That's how fast it is. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, like it outruns Trans Am just in normal mode. Like lightning. Like lightning. Yes. <laughs> and the Tri-Burning visually has the least amount of upgrades, but it uses this new system that Yuma device called the Burning Burst that allows it to uh, use more particles efficiently, and its joints have been reinforced so that it doesn't get messed up whenever... Sekai does that uh, phoenix attack that he discovered recently while fighting Wilfred. So that's our new upgraded suits. Get those Gunpla. 
of course, at a store near you. Of course. <laughs> so, the tournament. We have uh, some punks who the Tri-Fighters fight their first time out, and they're total chumps who go down without uh, any resistance. We see some of the other teams fighting. We see um, Sakai and uh, his friends using the Gundam Tryon 3, which is a completely obarified, super robot craziness version of the Double Zeta. God bless it. <laughs> and we saw it previously when Sakai was dreaming about fantasizing about winning a tournament and having uh, Fumina be in love with him. Mm-hmm. But now it actually exists in reality. Oh, yes. And on top of all of the super robot craziness, it's a triple combiner. God. With animal-themed sub-robots. So beautiful. <laughs> and it's sort of like opening sequence. And just watching it dock and combine, I, I started feeling like the urge for the Gao Geiger. Hell yes. That does. <laughs> it definitely gives you that, that, that urge. You get that Brave Series vibe all throughout, that, all, th- all throughout its appearance in the show. Yeah, and does all sorts of crazy super robot attacks. It does rocket punches and, you know, laser beams and all of that craziness. Mm-hmm. We also see the debut of Team Celestial Sphere in combat, which has uh, Shia as its third member, which surprises Sekai and all his pals. And she has this suit, the G-Portent that she built, and she single-handedly takes down that loser, Kei Karima, who is using a blinged-up version of, of all freaking things, of all freaking things, Vagan Gear. I know. <laughs> that monstrosity. Yeah, it's like, dude, you picked you picked possibly one of the dumbest things from Gundam Age to pick aside from the Space Lemon. Yeah, the dude has no class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> space Lemon. And he went down like a chump because he thought that big fancy mobile armor would equate to unstoppable firepower. And as we've seen many times throughout this series, that uh, is not true. No, not at all. <laughs> he got dozled. <laughs> yeah. Bigger is definitely not better in this argument. So Yep. So we also see a uh, two-part battle with the Tri-Fighters against the Shiki Triplets, who basically have been uh, billed by fans as the Super Renato Brothers of this series because they focus so heavily on tactics and data. Oh, yeah. And the uh, lead triplet is obsessed with fighting the Gunpla Academy because he was rejected by them and now he wants to take them down and his heart has been twisted by revenge and they have these three SD Gundams that combine into a massive dragon thing and it's kind of a dumb fight. <laughs> it's needlessly stretched out to two episodes and basically everyone's a dumbass. You know, the butt hurts so strong. <laughs> yeah, but the, the dragon's cool though. The dragon was cool, yeah. I see the more I saw more of a dragon there than I seen in Game of Thrones this season. Oh damn. Damn oh, hate. <laughs> Anything dragon, I'm there, man. Dragons are but freaking cool. <laughs> at the end they lose and uh mm. they realize that they should be playing Gumpla for fun, not for dark revenge. <laughs> so yay. We move on to the return of Junya and him entering the tournament with the Denial Gundam. Mm. And he pulls a real dick move by leaving his teammates to die because all he cares about is fighting Sekai. God, that's so, that's so, so gangster, though. Yeah. 
and he unveils with his Gundam that he has um, all the same tricks as Sekai, and uh, instead of uh, burning orange fire, he's got burning purple fire and long beam hair that kind of reminded me of um, what you call it, the Skyrim Full Metal Panic. Oh, I know you talk about the villain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Garen. Yeah, yeah. You. there you go. That's it. Yeah. And uh, whatever his stupid thing was called with the hair, but with actual mm-hmm. hair versus the beam hair. So they fight, and uh, Sekai is getting his ass kicked, but then uh, there's an RG core unit inside of his gum plot that lets him have more particles, and he does some whammy on Junya by having all these rainbow colored copies of the tri burning. And he does like every single Jigen Howe move all at the same time in combination beats junior and shows him that there is no ultimate move in Jigen Howe. You're just a dumbass. <laughs> and then junior is back on the path of righteousness and decides to start all over again. Yay. Baptized through fire. <laughs> yeah. We move on to Lucas nemesis using his full cloth to fight against Celestial Sphere, he uh, fights them all on his own and has these two wingmen doing uh, like secret particle refueling for him. He manages to fight all three of Celestial Sphere single-handedly, but they get the upper hand on him at the end when he faces down Wilfred, and of course he loses because Celestial Sphere has to be the last boss. Of course. We've then got just a standard sort of filler breather episode of everyone getting ready, blah, blah, blah. We have our two part final battle between Celestial Sphere and the Tri-Fighters, and it goes on exactly how you would expect with um, Yuma fighting against uh, Saga, with Fumina fighting against Shia, and at the very end, despite all the teamwork and everything, it's uh, Sekai fighting against Wilfred using uh, crazily kit-bashed parts from the Tri-Burning, the Star-Winning, and the Lightning. And, you know, he wins. Because that's a shocker. I know. <laughs> no, spoiler alert. Yeah. And then we close off with just uh, a random fun episode where it's the Majin Cup that was talked about by uh, Sakai so much. And he's competing as our uh, Yuma. So he unveils his Lightning Zeta Gundam, which is like a really cool variant of the Zeta and probably one of the best I've seen. Oh, yeah. It really is. And Sakai, um, boy, he just goes like full creeper mode by unveiling Super Fumina, <laughs> which is this really creepy Fumina MS girl. Yeah. That wears like a little maid outfit kind of thing mm-hmm. and is completely articulated and creeps the fuck out of the real Fumina, which then sets off this crazy battle because. She's angry, and uh, the Majin thinks that this can only be settled with uh, Gunpla Battle. So everybody starts joining this massive battle. You have tons and tons of obscure cameos by things like the, the Zai Gundam from Hathaway's Flash. You have a battle between Fumina, Shia, Kaoruko, and Lady Kawaguchi. Mm-hmm. You have... Sekai showing up with his new Kamiki burning Gundam that he built with Shia, which makes uh, Fumina, of course, jealous and Kaoruko. And lots of just general craziness. And then at the end, uh, you know, the team, they have their their eyes set on the world prize and we end with them 
at the next Tokyo qualifiers getting ready for the open world tournament. And that's your build fighters. So, Sobro, what were your thoughts on the second half of build fighters? Well, the broad strokes, huh? Um, I, I got to say that um, off the top, I, I, I did enjoy the season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've got to agree with a lot of people. It, it didn't strike me as hard as, uh, as, as, as the first season, but it was brand new. It was a novelty with the first series. I didn't not, I, I, I really still enjoyed the show regardless. And some of the aspects I did enjoy was, uh, um, how little of the returning characters we got. I'll start off with that because I know, uh, when I first initially watched it, um, I wanted to see a lot of the characters come back from, uh, from the original series, but with so many characters in the show, it kind of uh, was already packed already, and we didn't really get to even know a lot of the contestants that we uh, we saw uh, battle in the series. So uh, I was happy for the, the characters that we did get, and if we did get any uh, returning characters like Nils or um, China or, um, or, or Raw, we didn't really get to see much of them. I mean, the, I think the the biggest returning character we got to see most a, a lot of is besides Rawson is uh, the Majin. And uh, Alan um, out of those, and uh, they they serve their purpose in the show. Uh, maybe they'll save that for uh, a later series if they do another sequel series to this. Uh, I look forward to it if they do, and maybe then they'll give us more proper time with some characters and allow us to um, become more acquainted acquainted with them. But uh, I know a lot of people were butthurt about Say not being there. I don't think it's a big. I don't think it's that bad of a thing for Say not returning. Uh, his presence was felt because he kind of helped the kids from afar with his customs that we, he was sending uh, the tribe. So I, I like the fact that he was assisting from the shadows. Um, that was a pretty cool thing. And uh, uh, outside of that, uh, some of the characters I really did enjoy. There's a returning character in the form of Lucas Nemesis. Um, I never expected this kid to come back, period. <laughs> but um, he, was, uh, he, was, he was given a mandate from the first series. Uh, what was it, Isla that told him? She told him, it's like, look, if you're going to want to engage in Gundam battle, you need to do it yourself, not uh, hire someone to do it. So he took those words to heart from season one and came back as a pretty fierce opponent in season two and just to watch him work with the uh with uh chris's favorite uh mobile suit the crossbone (laughs) it was a joy to behold i actually enjoyed that fight quite a bit and uh he put uh he put uh was a wilfred and his team through the paces so um and he worked well with his teammates so like they weren't um just uh some kind of uh i mean granted they were seconds compared to him but they actually worked um in uh, accordance with each other and the particles played a factor during that fight which is one of the rare times that they did <laughs> in the series but um it was a very uh tactical battle and i appreciated that of course uh as chris mentioned the majins not majins but uh the guy who wants to be the Majin, uh wilford's team won um so i was a little disappointed to see that i wanted an upset with uh with Lucas winning and beating them out because that would come on you come on you I, I knew I, I knew it wasn't going to happen like the opening oh, yeah. all the setup this is that Celestial Fear was going to be the last boss well, so you they, knew the, the plot was just going to contrive it that way it's it's competition anime so I expected it but I, if we got a swerve I wouldn't have been mad. <laughs> Has this showed it's never swerved. any reason no, no, it's, for you to think that it was ever going to swerve? Uh, possibilities are possibilities. I wasn't, I wasn't upset that it played out the way that you expected, but a part of me wanted to see it. So uh, it's okay. I, I liked Wilfred, and I, I liked the fact that he wasn't a conniving jerk or a, or, or a complete ass that um, 
you know, would cheat his way to the top or, or, or manipulate his way to the top. He was a straight up dude with uh, his own aspirations. And I liked him. He was just a bit, he was a bit plain compared to Lucas. I, I, I liked Lucas a bit more, but it was, it was still awesome to see them fight. And I really enjoyed that battle. Um, another battle I really dug was the one with Junior. Uh, sorry, uh, Seki's uh, um, uh, rival in the show. And uh, I thought, you know, once he, uh, once he transformed the, what's it, the, uh, the Denial Gundam into its uh, full-on mode. That made for a pretty exhilarating fight. I, I think the Denial Gundam is probably my favorite mobile suit design outside of the Tryon 3 in the series. And uh, although his character was a little bit butthurt too. I like butthurt seems to motivate a lot of the characters in this show. So it was a, it was a little <laughs> it got it got a little repetitive when people, you know, with so much anger were 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 throwing themselves into the battle instead of people who were happy to be there and wanted to just become champion. There were a lot of characters who motiv- whose motivations were, oh, I need to get revenge against this guy or I need to prove uh to these people who rejected me that I that I actually belong with them like the triplets or the leader of the 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 triplet brothers but the motivation seemed a little simple but it's okay like like i said it's a competition anime so it you, you don't you don't expect too much depth with a lot of the characters but i thought the battles were pretty well done outside of that i'll turn it back over to you guys so you guys can talk about some of your favorite moments about the show neil yeah i'd, I'd have to say um when it comes to like uh fights that were memorable to me i like the fight with junior because it's that old, it's that old martial arts film thing where you know you're basically fighting either your former student or your former rival that's your was a student with you or your master. And I did think it was kind of cool too that you got to see that um, uh, Mirai was actually trained in the Jigen Han uh, style too. So that that, that was kind of cool. Celestial Spear as the end boss. I did like the fact that they didn't have some hidden agenda yeah. on winning this that. They were just crazy gunpla battlers too. Mm-hmm. Like Wilfred's whole thing, he just wanted to have a good battle, and he loved working on his model. And you know, and and you even get some of the cooperation with Shia and uh, Senkai. Uh, so I mean, it, that was good. I, I didn't mind too much some of the build-up fights. I like the fact that some of them were really quick, and a lot of this stuff wasn't drawn out too too much. You know, and 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 I think probably. Like I said in the first half, um, I like the team concept. Mm-hmm. I think the team concept works really well with this. I, th- I think it's uh, it, it, it makes it you know it puts some bit of strategy in it, even though every fight isn't a strategic fight, but a lot are. You know, especially when uh, when they find out like Celestial Spheres, uh, Shia's uh, mobile suits got the little Haros that can fix everything. You know, and and you know, so they're. they're there comes a point where they got to keep laying it on instead of uh, laying it low, um, you know, holding back because with the time limits and stuff, you, you would think that's what a lot of people would do. And, and there was actually a couple of, um, I think that f- one of the, one of the, uh, was it the, was it the triplets when they fought that they were like, Oh, Hey, we're about to, um, the time limits up to come up. We're going to, we're going to win anyways. So, you know, I, that, that was what was good when, when, um, uh, the tri fighters had the uh, celestial sphere. They they realized that if you waited back, then they're all they're going to do is get repaired. I liked the last episode a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a good because I when when that battle ended at episode twenty four, I was like, holy crap, what are they going to do in the next episode? <laughs> 
Because <laughs> normally you're like, oh, this is going to be like a two episode thing. And then, then the second half of that last episode will be everybody's all having ramen or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's and, very rare you get a cool down ep like that. It's, it's very rare yeah. in a series like this. And that last battle between Wilfred and I mean, and Senkai, it's, yeah, it's, it's over the top, but it's, it, it's fun. You know, it, it is interesting that you see um, there's a little bit of what the hell? Oh, God, I'm blanking on the kid's name now. The kid that uh, has the lightning Gundam. Uh, what's his name? On oh, the yeah. Oh, Yuma, Yuma. Yuma, Yuma. Yeah. I was blanking on his name for some reason. <laughs> um, but Yuma, you know, he has he has Mr. Super Robot Professor in it. It's like, hey, we ran out of time. Yeah. You've given like three <laughs> minutes to fix this. I knew something like this would happen. That's why I rebuilt everything the night before. To, so you could put all the pieces of, of the lightning and the winning Gundam onto the tri-burning. So yeah. I, that, that I appreciated. Um, I wasn't you know, um, it's not like the first show. I'm glad it's not like the first show. I think uh, what sets it apart that it, it's its own show. Yeah. I is it deep? No. Is it 25 <laughs> episodes of fun? Yes. Was I smiling during most of these episodes? Pretty much all of them. It puts you know uh, I, I, lots of smiles, lots of laughter. Sometimes even sitting there going, "My God, can this get any more?" Uh, crazy when it comes to some of these, especially that final battle. It's like, oh my god, this is just insane. I do have the downside is I didn't see enough uh, desert level. There oh. wasn't enough desert. Too much space. Didn't it go Field back one. in the last step? I'm sorry, the last battle they went back to the desert. I think kind of. I think I don't think it was. I don't think it's set up as desert. I think it was. Um, started in space because remember they blew part of the earth up that's right which i thought that was pretty damn cool too (laughs) so i'm like damn it would would that be a game changer in a gundam final battle they blow half of the the earth's crust away (laughs) thank god g gundam didn't continue puts a puts a puts a lot of uh puts a lot of a lot of uh you know thing on you know we we must save the earth we need it to we need to allow it to renew when you blew half of it up and of course we find out uh junior's master ends up being have you seen this guy or, <laughs> actually we we've seen him before basically it's no mode i'm like wait what <laughs> this is insane but um yeah so definitely and that like i said that last episode kind of reminded me of that it kind of reminded me of the last episode of G Gundam, mm-hmm. where they're in the battle, and it's like all the all the Gundam fighters are helping to save the Earth against the Devil Gundam. Except this one was just in good fun, but it was still kind of that same thing where you're just having all these mobile suits coming out of anywhere, and you're 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 almost sitting there trying to figure out what's what. You're like you're like stop, you're pausing the thing going oh what else is going on here so uh but in, in a much better way this was just good old fun so um but yeah uh thoroughly enjoyed it and i'll give it back to chris for his uh his angry negative thoughts he'll probably have oh boy <laughs> <laughs> i hated it <laughs> No, you know ahead. overall I'd, I'd have to say i didn't enjoy the second half as much as the first mm-hmm. because one thing I did not like about this series compared to the original Build Fighters is the way it kept leaning on the splitting a fight across two episodes yeah. business, yeah. especially when like the first half would not be fighting, and the second half would be All the fight. start of the fight. The next episode continues the fight, and it's done before the commercial break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Messes up the pacing, half. right? Yeah, I really would have just preferred it if 
you know, you just had it so that, uh, you know, you start the fight maybe at the very end of the episode, just as like the tease and then make it the entire next episode. Yeah. Rather than this like half and half. It really feels like they sort of just needed, like maybe they didn't make their bracket big enough and create enough characters. So they had to stretch things out to the end by stretching out these battles and padding them out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. I, and it, it did feel like that a little bit at times. Uh, another thing that they did, which both of these shows used, I think, a few too many times, yeah. is the whole, uh, we'll start a fight, but not show you the actual fight, so then we can shock <laughs> you with the conclusion. Yeah, that's the Lucas yeah. Nemesis resolution. I, I was a little annoyed by that part of the fight, at least. Totally pointless, because the thing is, we already knew that the White Wolves were a bunch of chumps. Yeah. <laughs> True. The jobbers, man. Was there any doubt that those guys were going to get their ass kicked? So how is it a shocking defeat when chumps, who you know are going to lose, are going to lose? Yeah. (laughs) That trick only works, like, for example, uh, in the first series when they did it, and you had uh, Luang Dallara fighting the Super Renato brothers. That's true. It it built on the mystery of them, and you finally got to see what they did later on anyway. It's an actual shock because he's a skilled and tough opponent. That's why it's shocking that someone that good got beaten by these guys who were ciphers. But if you have guys who are a bunch of losers to begin with, it's no shock when they lose. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. So that was pretty lame the way they did that. Um, I found generally that throughout the whole series, but especially in the second half, for the most part, whenever the Tri-Fighters faced someone who uh, was not one of their, you know, like, acknowledged rivals or whatever, mm-hmm. the battles just went super easy for them. Mm-hmm. Like, no effort even being yeah. put in. Like, their very first battle in the tournament against these chumps with all with the uh, transforming team, there's there's no challenge at all. Or even the fight with the triplets at Castlevania, where, uh, where um, what's her name, Fumina uh, transforms and reveals her uh, real mode for the star-winning Gundam, and she just owns them. <laughs> Yeah. And that battle, which demon have to happen because why would they have been so dumb as to walk into the castle when they know that all of these guys are in there laying traps? Yeah. They should have just blasted the damn castle from the outset, which is what they did later. <laughs> and then on top of that, the whole thing about the, uh, the triplets and the, the lead one hating the Gumpla Academy and wanting revenge against them, all of that information is only revealed... After the battle's already over, <laughs> a little bit was uh, a little bit was leaked in the cold open of the of the second half of a that fight. A little tiny but bit, yeah, but you but don't the, get the whole story until after the battle's already over and yeah. won. So, what was the point of that? It was that they a lot of these characters didn't get room to breathe because they had to cram them all in. <laughs> yeah, um, I did think that the the Lucas fight was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. although you know, plot-wise, he commits some pretty obvious errors, like leaving Shia non-destroyed. Yeah. Why he he let her live, because then we saw her gimmick of the repair horrors, and he ended up losing. So there goes the European champ. He sealed his own fate. Yeah. <laughs> which brings I'll be back our, next year. Yeah. Our final <laughs> battle, which in the end, despite all of the teamwork, still comes down to just one-on-one of the main character and his rival. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I felt that, uh, you know, while there were some well-animated parts to that final battle, at the end, it feels like it just got really cheap because the culminating moments of this battle of wills between Wilfred and Sekai is just, um, 
you know, fast moving lights in the distance clashing with each other. Yeah, it didn't seem as it didn't seem as climactic as uh the last uh last season's uh um final battle and a, a big thing about this season also is that um the stakes weren't there. You don't think when you watch it, you don't feel the stakes like you did with the first series where um things escalated out of control with uh with Reiji being from another world and then the chairman's grand plot unfolding and then you know you're having like a crazy situation towards the end that everybody has to chip in on. It just felt it, it, it felt like there was more dramatic flair in the first series for this. It just felt like a competition, which is fine for what it is. But they made the last battle almost a, almost a non uh, a non entity. <laughs> yeah. Well, the stakes are definitely lower just from the fact that the culmination of this series is the national tournament. When in the first series they went all the way to the world tournament through to the end of that. Oh, so yeah. absolutely, that that's kind of different. Um, you know, the rival. A lot of the rivals don't come in until later. Mm-hmm. You know, like Celestial Sphere, they're not introduced until the halfway point of the series, whereas in the first Build Fighters, you had them there from the beginning, practically. Pretty like much. Fellini and, you know, Yuki and all these, and Mao and all these guys. And, you know, they, I enjoyed the last episode. It was just a fun little diversion. But, uh, and then they just padded the battles too much. Yeah. And it just wasn't enough of a challenge for the Tri Fighters. I mean, yes, you know. This is a tournament show. You know, unless they're doing some whammy like uh, in some of the Cyber Formula OVAs where the the main character loses, loses. you know they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But make them work for it a little bit harder, even if you know they're going to win. I I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Would you guys, because I I purposely left off not talking about it, but um, only to see if you guys were going to cover it. But uh, would you guys say that the best fight in the series was the Tryon 3 fight? No. Oh my God! I, I, it's my favorite mainly because Obari went insane <laughs> that episode. Uh, it had like uh, it had the direction of a 1970s anime. Watching that whole all the all the storyboards and the panel work and the way things played out, that episode was gorgeous. What, what's your definition of a the best fight though? I mean, is is it? Is it style wise, or is style it actual, wise, but the drama of the fight, the stakes of the fight, the drama too? Because the 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 fact that Minato had true beef with Yuma from like the beginning of the series, this guy had been haunting him the entire show in order to kind of get him off his ass and get him back into the game because he always wanted to fight him. So he'd failed so many times, and then he finally got his shot to face him at his best, and he finally woke Yuma up, like the last piece of Yuma that was like kind of squirreled away from like his drama that he got from fighting uh, Saga back in the day, um, which finally came out, and he, um, he, he, he defeated him almost uh, almost to a draw, but you know, he ended up pulling it off in the, in the long run, and just, just, the, just the, the, the craziness that ensued during that fight, I really did appreciate it. I, I thought it was the best directed episode of the entire series, personally, um, all the way to the end. I thought it was one of the, the better fights, but mm-hmm. probably my favorite fight I have to give it to, the best fight is, and this is going way back early, was the fight between uh, Sekai and Shimon. Yeah, that's a good one, too. <laughs> I like that one, and I also, I like the I like the one with Junya too, just because it's the typical. We were friends at one point. Now the one guy's got a beef with me, and you know, and all this. And it's and it's also kind of you know, uh, Junya had he went out, learned other styles, he was doing things, and he was going to try to 
take out, you know, take out Senkai because supposedly he thought he was taught the the final, you know, the ultimate attack and all these things. And that that one I liked a little bit more because it seems a little bit more personal, personal. So, but yeah, I mean, the the try on one was it stylized. It looked great. I mean, yeah. I, I I think all that stuff was definitely cool. But I think that was personal when it came for, to the for actual, Yuma too. But I mean, it, it actually came down to the the actual fight and mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, I, I thought it was good, but nothing that was like too out that uh, you know was too outstanding about it. I so. think I think all the main characters had their own demons to slay, and that was Yuma's. And of course, you mentioned uh, Seki versus uh, the Denial Gundam, and is a former former uh, 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 brother in uh, in the fighting style. But and then of course, uh, uh, Fumina had uh, her whole stigma to get over, where she was nothing but support, and then she took on those uh, those triplets and finally got the shine on her own which you know it was good to see the development of at least the main characters um in the series i can't say many other people developed at all <laughs> when it came but down not, to but it but you're not really expecting people to develop too too much yeah yeah it's it's a sports anime so yeah you they, they show up they learn their lesson they move on and uh that's exactly what happened here so sobro closing thoughts on the series overall I thought it was an exciting second season. Again, um, not as good as the first, but I am looking forward to the future of Build Fighters. Maybe the third season can be a combination of cast members from this and the first season, and we could get back to a worldwide uh, a worldwide focus like the first season. Uh, the music was great. I think uh, Obari and uh, and staff did a great job in character design and and the direction and uh, at least presenting the characters, even though they weren't as uh, engaging as the first series. Um, I'm not one that's down on the show. I know a, a lot of internet, uh, a lot of internet complaints like crap on this show and say the first series is godlike and all that stuff. It's like, can't you guys meet up somewhere in the middle sometimes? <laughs> I don't. Well, we we got into this last time. I wanted we to did. comment on it again, so you you know you brought it up. Yeah, please do. You know, it's we, we've talked about this at length before about polarizing fan opinion that uh, when it comes to discussing or critiquing any show that everything nowadays is at the extreme poles of being amazing or terrible. Yeah, it's binary. And nothing can be in between. Nothing can just be okay. Nothing can just be enjoyable or entertaining. It has to be Shakespeare or it's um, you know Uwe Boll. Those are the only. Those are the only two things. I don't know when did the world get so binary, dude. I just don't. I don't understand that. I really don't. You can't say okay, this show is not as good as the original, but here's what's good, here's what's not, and you know, uh, basically, I give it this rating. You know, it's got to be garbage. And we've seen uh, the the double O effect that I've talked about at length so much over the course of this show. Yet again, I mean, it just is sort of a sad yeah. cliche that a bunch of people were bashing the original Build Fighters when it was airing. <laughs> But suddenly now, in comparison to Try, it became this amazing masterpiece of fantastic writing and character development when, oh my god, do you guys remember like the endless amount of complaints about the freaking baseball episode? Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh yes. (laughs) Oh my god. Now it's a classic. You would think that 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 baseball episode, you know, stole the pacifier from the baby Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think so. Now, now it's now it's a now now it's an Emmy award winning episode in comparison to this series. That's what yeah. the internet will make you think. 
And I see a lot with this show, the discussion that, you know, if anything happens in the story that you don't like, it's an ass pull. If a character doesn't do, (laughs) if a character does something you don't like, then that character is a Gary Stew. Of course. And these words, they they have no meaning. Like, you know, when you use the phrase, the Gary Stew and the Mary Stew, they have very specific meanings, but people have overused them and incorrectly used them so much that they have no meaning anymore. Like epic, the word epic. Any character you don't like is a Gary Stew. Yeah. Just because. And the terms have been used to death at this point, man. People need to find uh, new descriptives <laughs> and quick. And as I said or- before, uh, with with Try, that a lot of the hate just seems to come from the fact that the people watching who are Gundam fans, they don't seem to like shonen shows. They don't seem to like tournament shows. And uh, they just project their hatred of the genre onto Try as though it is a horrible show for committing all the sins of using these tropes they don't like. Mm-hmm. Which, I have to say again, don't freaking watch it. If you don't like tournament or shonen shows, don't watch try it's not for you it's not for you at all <laughs> it's it's evocative of all of these tropes for a reason because it's following the path of a tournament show mm-hmm. you know and yes there are plenty of faults in the writing but just the very nature of its genre if that's enough for you to not like it then of course you're going to hate the freaking show because it's following a genre that you don't like it's like if you hate carrots and I give you, and, but then you decide to eat a whole plate of carrots, and you're like, "These are awful." Who are like, you, Cole? Of course, <laughs> no, Cole wouldn't eat them. Yeah. But if you if you already hate carrots, don't go eat a plate of carrots and complain about the freaking carrots. No doubt, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, you can complain if you want to complain that the carrots are poorly cooked. That's one thing, but just you know, okay, this, this analogy is getting weird. But the point is, mm-hmm. yes, you can criticize. The, the writing of Try because it definitely has problems, but just hating it for its genre seems pretty ridiculous. It's not and the it, fault of Try that it's a tournament show. Thank God. Yeah, it, exactly. And I think on the other on the flip side of that too, you got to think sometimes you can't make things more into what they are. I mean, in the end, Try this 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 first Build Fighters and Try Build Fighters Try in the end they're just twenty five episode long. Gunpla commercials. That's all they really are. So I mean, um, you know, it, because the story's not the, the tightest, or you think it should be tighter as a Gundam show. It should, that, you know, in a way, it's not really what it's supposed to be. It's it's a commercial. It's it's a twenty five minute commercial that's shown every week for twenty five weeks, and that's what the, that's what it was. I thought so, someone actually bust out the. It's not a real Gundam show. Oh my god, are you? F- I mean, you just got to take it for what it is. And that's, I think, comes to, of the three of us, I've been a little less harsh on it because I kind of took it for what it was. And there's really some great things that I like about it. There's some things that are kind of annoying. Maybe I wish they could have done. But you know what? Hindsight's twenty twenty on all these things. So, you know, and like Chris said, if you don't like a tournament show, if you don't like kind of a monster of the week type of deal where, you know, everybody's fighting for, you know, to be the best and someone's got to lose and, you know, they're not going into great depth about the backgrounds of these people or, or great things, and then don't watch it. It's, it's not for you. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. and just because it's got Gundam in it and you're saying, well, I have to support everything that's Gundam, no, you don't. I mean, you, you support what you want. 
you just can't you just can't have it both ways. You yeah, just it's can't. It's not your job. It's it's our job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the be- we the be- have to watch all this stuff. The beautiful thing about the Gundam franchise is they've been able to take a, a different type of story and implement it in a whole lot of other series. You know, G Gundam was panned years ago for the kind of show it was, and then now people look upon it as a classic. Uh, of course, we mentioned Build Fighters beforehand, and people love that show now when they were crying about it uh, a couple years ago. And um, I always like the fact that these guys try to experiment with a different kind of story when they can in Gundam and you know I, well, I applaud very, this kind of work. very few far between most well, of them are yeah. most of them are going to be some type of Gundam jacking accidental team sure violence, but th- those so. those are like individual elements but I mean, the, let's, t- let's not well let's no not make it like every series has been completely no, different the, than the, the other the tone can be different in certain Gundam shows yeah there's certain yeah. reoccurring elements that's fine that's in, part in, of the whole the, deal but in, in the end yeah. outside of outside of like build fighters and G Gundam and and maybe turn A and uh, yeah, and Vic- all, victory is dark as hell. And no, but they all they all end up being the same thing, though. They all end up being Gundam Jack, accidental, accidental yeah, just like pilot, or just like action movies all have the same action. beats too. You know, I, I get I get your point, Solbro, yeah. but you're overselling it. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying though, overselling I, you're overselling it. the experimentation that actually happened. Yeah. Maybe I'm overcooking it a bit, but sure there isn't. But at the same time, I welcome the differences because it makes the show significant. So if they if they try and they fail, they try and they fail. But at the end of the day, I don't think the show failed at all. It did its job. Job. It continued the myth. It continued the storyline for Gundam Build Fighters, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go next. It, it it may go to more interesting interesting places. So kudos, man. You know, for for all my criticisms, I did enjoy the show overall, and it boils down to you know sometimes you just want to watch something and be entertained by it. Yeah. You know, yeah. not. Sometimes you go out to dinner and you have a nice filet mignon. Sometimes you just want a cheeseburger. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and this is a build fighters is a cheeseburger. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, and and the, and and you need cheeseburgers. I don't need every show to be earth shattering, genre breaking, paradigm shift show. I don't need yeah. that. Sometimes I just need. Oh, it's going to be. Fun, flashy, have a couple of one-liners, some good dialogue, and some great action sequences. I'm good with that. Yeah, and to, to continue this food analogy, don't go to um, you know five guys and expect them to have a New York strip steak. Oh man! Yeah, and exactly. don't be mad at them for giving you a greasy cheeseburger. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Some people would though. <laughs> some people would. I'm sure if you look on Yelp. There's probably people complaining about that or the peanuts or whatever. But I couldn't believe I didn't have a twelve ounce fillet filet for me. Oh, well, you're geez. at a you're at a you're at a Five Guys or an In and Out or something. It's like, come on, man. Really? Some pe- people would bitch if they were given gold bars. <laughs> well, it's the it's the internet. Yeah. So, so I do want to mention that we do have two OVAs coming in mm-hmm. in the near future. One focused on the original Build Fighters. One focused on Try. We don't know anything about them. Maybe they'll be a crossover. Maybe we'll see Say and some of these other people like uh, Fellini or Mao. What they've been up to? Who knows? Mm-hmm. And there have been hints about um, you know a third series of Build Fighters that presumably would be about the Try Fighters going on to the World Tournament. So. I guess we'll see. It would not surprise me, though, going by past patterns, if there is a third Build Fighters, 
Probably going to see some people saying, oh, but it was done so much better in Try. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, I thought they were kind of selling a little bit in the last episode about uh, little Mamoru might becoming the protagonist of the next series. Maybe that's just an inside joke. I don't know. But uh, the brother of the boxing kid, Shimon, him and uh, him might being the... Cause they, the, the newest, the, the littlest Sazaki. The little Sazaki, yeah. Him, him being a, a comedic foil for the next series and the fact that those people multiply like uh, zombies. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe they will. Maybe they'll maybe they'll advance it another seven years, and these people are fight. I mean, who knows? Hey, Shimon's a hell of a builder, man. He won that prize for his age bracket at the at that at the Gundam building tournament. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'd like to see where he goes. Either way, I'll watch it because I've enjoyed both build fighters. If you have yeah. not, then for God's sakes, please don't watch it. Yeah, don't watch the series. And please three. don't complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> no one's forcing you to watch it unless someone is literally holding a gun to your head and saying, "I want you, you to watch, watch all." This. 20 episodes of Build Fighters and then go on and make a talk and complain about it. Don't you worry, Chris. They'll be there. <laughs> so that's it for my thoughts. If uh, you all don't have anything else to say, I'm then good. we will wrap this up. We're going to take a quick break and be right back here listening to Gundam at MAHQ. of Gundam, Robotech, or Transformers. Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ, a wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, the Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit Gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. 
for sleeping with my wife in a goddamn minivan. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is Sobro Ryu, and in this segment, this is actually taken from a convention I recently attended as a guest, the Florida Anime Experience 2015, held here in Orlando, Florida. I was invited to participate in the Podcaster Summit, where myself and other friends of mine, as well as other podcasters that I had had the pleasure to meet, all gathered together, and we all had one common interest that we talked about, which is anime. People that were there were from the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Uh, Of course, I had to sit next to my man, Doc, and right next to him was Masugi from the Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast, and also Chi. Yaki from Anime Addicts Anonymous was there. The gang from Anime World Order was holding it down. And of course, other podcasts there were too, like the Anime America podcast. But this segment actually is a recording from our Mecha Anime Confidential panel. And I didn't host it alone. I was joined by a doctor from the SSAA podcast. Make sure to check out his website, which is SSAAPodcast.com. You can also listen to the podcast on iTunes. Just search for SSAA Podcast or Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. It's a great show. Doc produces a lot of material. And you can find the hub for all that material at SSAAPodcast.com. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the panel. It was a lot of fun and a lot of people turned out. I'd like to give a big thank you to everybody who came out to the panel. It was a fantastic turnout. In the crowd were people from other podcasts as well, like uh, Anime World Order and Anime Addicts Anonymous. And, of course, uh, my boy Ed the Crimson from Dropping the X, the Hunter Hunter cast, and my man Frankie, a.k.a. The Seraph, from TheBrokenInfinite.com. You should check out The Broken Infinite, a great hub for fandoms that you might be into, like comic books and wrestling and movies and TV shows and the like. Also, if you want to follow along, the slideshow that I use at the panel is also available at GundamMHQ.blogspot.com. Just click on this particular episode, 162, and you'll find it within the liner notes of this episode. And without further ado, here's the panel. Well, my name is uh, Solbro Ryu. I'm with the Shinjuku Station Podcasting Group and Gundam it MHQ. It's a mecha anime podcast you can find on iTunes. Just search for Gundam. I'm one of the uh, co-hosts, one of three. The other co-hosts uh, couldn't make it to the con today, but they, they send their regards. Uh, one of them is Chris. He runs MAHQ.net, which is one of the biggest mecha-related uh, websites out there. So if you ever want to check it out, lots of great information, lots of great reviews. MAHQ.net is a really good place to go to get that information. And uh, our other co-host, uh, Neo, he lives over in California, so how does it no-go? <laughs> but uh, I'm here just to to wrap with you guys about mecha anime in general and get your take on it as well as just uh, chilling the cut and uh, uh, talk to you about some of the things, uh, some of the series that uh, I've enjoyed throughout the years. Of course, uh, you can find us at uh, mahq.net. And of course, Doc here from the SSAA podcast will be uh, hosting this with me. Make sure to check out his podcast at his uh, website, which is ssapodcast.com. And let's see here. 
This will be a little tricky. But these are the websites for MAHQ, Mechatalk.net are the forums. Uh, Chaos Theater is another podcast that they produce, which covers all sorts of stuff outside of Mecha Anime. So if you want to hear about comics, movies, TV shows, whatnot, great podcast to listen to. Hey, what's up, guys? What is going on? You guys are next, man. You guys are next on the chopping block. Let's go. I'm just... <laughs> The Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast in the house, in the building. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I only wish we were. But uh, also follow us on Twitter at uh, MHQ.net, Gundam at MHQ, and CTCast. And Gundam.net is our website. Uh, you can also go to uh, GundamMHQ.blogspot.com. That's the actual site. And, of course, Ask Backwards Anime. See, I even made a card for you guys. Holy shit. <laughs> Look at that, yo. SSAPodcast.com. Yo, yeah, that mic's live. Yo, grab that. That's all you, man. Hello. Hey. Yeah, hey. Go ahead. Tell them about you, man. Tell them about you, sir. Uh, I run the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast, Best Kept Secret, on the internet over at SSAAPodcast.com. Uh, iTunes, things, blah, blah stuff <laughs> you also he also has a live stream at, uh, yes yes I mm-hmm. have a live stream that I usually do commentaries on a lot of stuff tinyreal.com slash SSAA stream also run a twitch whenever I get a chance play some video games or whatever uh, twitch.tv slash professor doc does it hell yes no problem I didn't expect the card oh, yeah man you, I, 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 I come surprised and I can use that on streams too man. That's of great. shit also, my man, Mr. Lee Majors, is using the cam- is rocking the camera. He's filming us right now. Uh, he has a great Twitch uh, stream you should check out at twitch.tv slash Mr. Lee Majors. Plays a lot of uh, the brand new stuff. He's going in on some uh, Grand Theft Auto V. And, some, uh, of course, he's a Titanfall killer. So if you want to get your mecha action want to see some Titanfall being rocked by this guy, he's one of the best players I know for the game. Check him out at twitch.tv slash Mr. Lee Majors. And follow him on Twitter at Mr. Lee Majors as well. And let's get into the big ones, man. The big ones. Now, I can't claim to have seen all these series. And Doc, I know you guys uh, recently yes. recently talked about Mazen Kaiser, right? We, we, we talked about Mazen Kaiser. I think we briefly talked about the uh, the Shin Mazinger Z series. Oh, only, only slightly, only slightly, just only, a tip. Only, only, only uh, just a tip. <laughs> yeah, just a tip. So yeah, it was a it was an interesting episode along with some other cohorts of ours, um, the Eggman. And Fred Rex, he probably associates more with you than anything else. Oh yeah, Wait, was uh, was Fred on the t- was Fred? Yeah, on the it show? was Fred and Eric. Yeah, Fred and Eric. Oh yeah. what? What? Get out of town! That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they were guests on my on my show. I guess oh, like my. a sort of like Shinjuku Station takeover thingy. I don't know. <laughs> I stole them from you. <laughs> I was like, hey guys, you want to talk about robots and not have Sobro in it? Oh my god! No, please, please, by all means. You guys have been going in on some robots recently. I saw, so it's yeah, that's freaking yeah. awesome. So a lot of stuff we covered at yeah. one point or another. Aspect anime podcast if you want to also get your mecha fix on that too no no um we had a bu- we had a few TV series from Mazinger Z. Uh, Mazinger Z in 1972, Great Mazinger in 1974. Original Mazinger Z ran over 90 episodes. Oh my God, yo, look at this, the Mark II. Yo, we got a celebrity in the house. Yo, what's going on? <laughs> Thanks for coming to the panel, man. You're looking real good, man. Yeah, but over 90 episodes of Mazinger Z. Great Mazinger was the sequel. Then it followed up with a uh, UFO robot Grandizer, and then they had uh, a a follow up series. Well, not a follow up series, but I guess a a new series called in in. 2009 called Magazer Edition Z, uh, The Impact. I haven't seen any of these. I am familiar with Magazer Z because in the 80s, uh, when I grew up, they brought it over to the States and they called it Transor Z back in 1984. So some of you guys might might, might be old timers like me and may old have caught man, that so back in the day. Yes, I'm old. I'm ready to get my, ready to get my pension. <laughs> 
But also, there were several movies, OVA series and whatnot. Uh, we got Magazer Z versus Devil Man and all that stuff. I could run down through all of these. I'm sorry it's so small. I thought we were going to have a projector so that everybody can see, but hopefully you can make out some of that stuff. But there were several movies. Mazen Kaiser was an OVA I did see. I have the first volume of that at home, and I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, a good amount of these are now uh, being licensed by Discotheque. Yes, media. They it, picked up Magazer Z, right? Because yeah, like for every line of cocaine, they pick up an old robot Hell show. Yes, that's what uh, I'm talking about. Like if you actually get a chance to go look up Mazen Kaiser Skull, I know probably a lot of people have mentioned. Yeah, this is like if you want something that's just pure metal. So that, that's a series for you. Oh, boy, Fred, I don't think he likes it, though, does he? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I got, I'll disown been... him if he doesn't. Oh, shit. It's heavy metal as fuck, though. I saw the intro. Yeah, seriously. It's and just like, ah. It's freaking dope, man. But that's Magazer Z, man. It is definitely one of the seminal classics. It's kicked off the whole Super Robot run. Uh, Gona Guy, of course, is the, the the brainchild behind it. It's crossed over with Devil Man and several other of his other characters. Um, if you ever have a chance to watch a Super a Super Robot anime, and I plan on doing so, at least with the uh, the later series. Devil Man is actually getting a new anime. I heard about that actually. Yeah. yeah. Man, dude. So some. some I don't know just... why. <laughs> Why not? I mean, yeah, seriously, why not? Some legends don't die at all. But next we got Get a Robo, and Get a Robo is like, is it really the, I don't know if 100%, but I think it's the first combining robot, right? I think it might be. Probably. Yeah, because it came, it came out in 1974. It's, it's really, really early. early up there. I can't think of any other ones preceding it's one, it. It's the seminal one. It's one, the one that people probably usually point to as far as like the the, thi- the the thing that puts things together and it makes another robot. Yeah, because I know you got Combatler V, which came after Ghetto Robo. V is for victory. V is for victory, indeed. Or five. Or five. <laughs> One or the other, but uh, Get a Robo has some awesome ass pilots. Anytime I play a Super Robot Wars game, they are hype as hell. <laughs> Those three. One of them is homicidal, right? Uh, God, I forget his name. The old homicidal chief. They're, they're all just crazy people. It's like a crazy scientist hired a bunch of crazy people to fight a crazy ro- fight with a crazy robot against a crazy person. Nice. A crazy dinosaurs. I should crazy say. ass dinosaurs. Anybody here seen Get a Robo at all? I've heard of it. Oh shit, so man. Some of it. Let's yeah. get some. Let's get some takes from the cloud. Where's that? Where's that wireless mic? Uh, anybody have any insight on Get a Robo real quick? Uh, I just want to talk about it. Anybody want to? Anybody want to share some words? It can't be us. Nobody. This is supposed to be an open forum, damn yeah, it. Open forum. So, all right, here we go. Here we go. Well, I, I've seen uh, several versions of it. I've seen. Uh, I've seen the original. It, it's pretty nuts. Uh, you know, even the original series might seem tamer to some, but it's still it, it pretty insane what they do. The attacks, just the, the robots themselves, the characters, the interactions. Not bad. Yeah. Sh- shout out to Frankie, man. He runs. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> tell people uh, about your about the website, the Broken Infinite, real quick. Ah, uh, yes, I run uh, BrokenInfinite.com. Uh, it's a pretty much a geek culture website. I cover anime, comic books, all that kind of stuff. So yep. right up my alley. Oh yeah, check it out. TheBrokenInfinite.com is a really great site. A combination of a lot of fandoms. But yeah, get a Robo, man. Uh, another seminal classic in uh, in in uh, when it comes to mecha anime. Of course, the Super Robots. <laughs> Um, bless you. Bless you. Thank you very uh, sorry. Someone get him a napkin. I'm just <laughs> But uh, the next one is one I'm sure none of you guys have heard of. Never heard of it. <laughs> What's that on your shirt? Oh my gosh, who knew? Who, oh, who knows? I, I, oh. I, I thought it was going to be Mickey Mouse, man. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Gundam, um, and it's had a shit ton of series. I won't, I won't uh, spend a lot of time because um, I'm sure there'll be a, a lot of uh, Gundam-centric questions and stuff like that. But yeah, this is just a sampling of the TV series there've been throughout the years. I've actually seen all of those, and I think we've reviewed all of them on Gundam. I haven't seen every Gundam series though. There are a few I haven't seen, like uh, the SD ones. I want to watch the one with the uh, Samurai Warriors. Uh, oh, um, 
Sengoku. Sengoku. I forgot it was. I got it on the list. It's, it's, it's on the next page. Brave Battle, Brave Battle Warriors. That's it. Took a I, minute. It's a very interesting series. I know my favorite series is uh, Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, mainly mainly because uh, it feels like the Empire Strikes Back of Gundam to me. And uh, I love I, I love Empire too out of all three Star Wars movies. So I just I, I it mean, just like the Empire Strikes Back to end very depressingly. Yes, it does absolutely. <laughs> Lots of death, lots of sorrow. But yeah, the returning characters from Mobile Suit Gundam, everybody uh, involved, the Mobile Suit designs, uh, the Zeta Gundam itself, I think the design of that suit is by far and beyond my favorite of the... the most uh, unique. What, yeah. Like Sans mustache. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, besides uh, the the old turn A. But uh, anybody have a, a a Gundam series that um, is your favorite by any chance? Like anybody in the crowd? Uh, any Gundam series? Like uh, any you guys, guys actually, watch any Gundam series at all? We got a mic there, so oh, you got some. Hey. You can move the mic over there. This thing's mobile. Damn it! Okay, this thing Should be a, yeah. yeah, it's I think so. Okay, um, my favorite actually happens to be uh, eight three. No, eight zero. Start uh, Stardust memory. Yeah, yeah. Eighty three. Yeah. Yeah, the feedback's bad. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and also. Um, War in the Pocket. War in the Pocket is really awesome. Oh, yeah. I like both of those. It doesn't get enough credit. It's the first OVA series uh, for Gundam. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> for those of you who probably watch so If you watch Gundam Age, Age, if you slog through Age, you know what that means. <laughs> it's a first good half. It is. It very much is. Of course, that's a fan favorite right there. That series being uh, Gundam Build Fighters. I found like a funny picture for it. Um, the voice actress for uh, Say's mom is also the same voice actress for Sailor Moon. So someone decided to pay homage. And of course, Misato from uh, Evangelion as well. But we have the uh, TV series continued. There it is. Uh, Sengoku Den Brave Battle Warriors in 2010. I haven't seen either of the SD series, although I've seen the old SD Gundam uh, shorts. Those things are awesome. And then you got the OVAs like uh, 0083 and War in the Pocket, as, as was mentioned. You got F91, which is a movie. And out of that bunch, I got to say, uh, my favorite out of those is probably Char's Counterattack because it wraps up the UC, at least the, uh, the trilogy with Amaro and Char. I'm actually a big fan of Aetham Essium. Aetham Yeah. I think that's dope as hell. It, it's, yeah. It's one of the few, like, it's just like very grounded in this sort like, yeah, it, we have this crazy lasers and spaceships, but it's a very more gr- somehow grounded war story being told in this uh, little chunk of time in the big war that's actually happening throughout the Gundam universe. Absolutely. Some of the more recent ones are Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, which is a return to the Universal Century, and then uh, Mobile Suit Gundam of the Origin, which just started to come out in February, which is an adaptation of the manga of the same name. And it's basically just touching upon a few chapters of Gundam of the Origin. It has a focus on Shar Aznable and his beginnings. So if you want to know more about Shar, it's a really good OVA to get into. And I also suggest uh, picking up the manga. It's wonderful. If you like original Mobile Suit Gundam and you want to see it kind of reinterpreted if you, into and if you a ever modern, wanted to kill someone with a book, those are great. Those are great. great they're freaking great weighted things. and heavy. Yeah, those things are just <laughs> brick. And they're, and they're very well made. Exactly. The vertical did a great... <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Makes a good murder weapon. Um, Gundam Wing, a lot of people know about. I think I it was a, a big introduction to Gundam for a lot of people. I know it was... I know when I was in high school, I did watch a little bit of uh, Stardust Memory, but I didn't know what the hell was going on. A friend of mine let me borrow a tape of the first five episodes, and I watched it, and I couldn't Old make any... Tsubame. I couldn't... It, <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't understand pretty much the gravitas behind it at the time. It was like 1993 or so. Then, I, once I started to get into Gundam, thanks to Gundam Wing, and watched Mobile Suit Gundam, 
and then I just fell in love with the entire franchise. I watched Double Eighty Three again. I was like, okay, now this all makes sense because I know about the U- I know about UC now, and I know about the Federation and the Zeon, and all about the story behind the conflict. I enjoyed Double Eighty Three to a point. The end pissed me off. <laughs> There's a, there's, a, there's a giant story behind that entire There's thing. a huge story behind that. But uh, uh, I thought that it, the premise was great, and I love the time period it takes place in. So, And it's very well, it's very well produced, i got to say. But that's a shot from uh, Gun of the Origin. That's the, the, first, the first Blu-ray that came out. That's the cover. And it's really good. I, I highly recommend it, especially if you want to know more about Shar. Doc, any last words about Gundam at all? It's a dumb franchise. People shouldn't watch it. And... Um, <laughs> Has not had any value to the, the I guess the, the culture of anime at all. It's done nothing. It's done nothing. <laughs> Go watch G Gundam. Yo, G, G Gundam is a lot of fun though. It is it's one of the series that's most off the beaten path because of the premise. It's more super robot like when Gundam is a real robot show, and it's the first the real robot series we're talking about right now. G Gundam is very cinematic. It's based and inspired by a lot of movies, and you can actually when you watch each episode, you can almost every episode is based on a different film actually. And on the DVD liner notes, it actually tells you what what movies actually inspired G Gundam. So um, I think it's it was a pretty awesome approach that they took for that series and uh, I highly suggest anybody check it out. Um, it is different though. If you're used to regular UC Gundam, you'll find it to be way different because it's more fantasy than any other Gundam series, but stick with it, man, because the ending is so satisfying. It really is. It's so over the top. It's great. It's yeah. worth everything. It's, it's, it's the most non-Gundam Gundam. Exactly. And it, 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 <laughs> it, it, and it benefits from that. Yes, it was the first alternate universe Gundam series. Yes, that too. Absolutely. But Macross, this is my favorite mecha series of all time. I hope you like J-pop. Oh my God, you better. <laughs> It's, it's a great show, uh, although uh, not every series has been perfect, but you've got the f- top four series. Uh, Super Dimensional Fortress Macross uh, came out in 1982. A lot of people know it because of the American adaptation, Robotech the Macross Saga. And I'm a big Robotech fan. I, I'm not one of those people who think that the series should, Sean, should go. Sean, the non-believer. I, I, I know. I, like, I get in arguments with the listeners all the time and people and my friends of mine. It, like, they, it's one of those things like it's because it's so ingrained in, the, in I guess, just culture in general. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it was a part of people's childhoods that so. When you start throwing out words like Veritech, the <laughs> anime fans start yeah. getting really pissed. Yeah, they start to get real snooty. And I was like, come on. I'll interchange the terms all the time by accident. You know, I'll say Rick instead of Hikaru and all that. I just call them all Rubits. <laughs> just be like, forget it. Oh, the, that Gundam Rubit. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a great, great way to deflect it. Yeah, but- well, it's all cartoons. It's not, who cares? It's, stop calling it anime. It's, it's cartoons. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a big fan of a Macross as well, the franchise. I think that both can coexist. I would love to see more Macross come to the States, but there's some underlying issues. Some weird problem. Some weird uh, problem with licensing that won't... some horrible Some thing. horrible company. <laughs> I'm not happy with that company either. That's one either. of many factors, unfortunately. It's so. one of many factors. I, I, I won't go into it, but it makes for interesting reading on the internet. Uh, you want a conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Macross, uh, really, to me, when I watched it as a child, I never saw anything like it. I never saw... Uh, anybody die in a series until I watched Macross uh, as Robotech. He just went to the saga. hospital planet. That's where. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, but, the plane that blew up was only just a robot inside. <laughs> Until Transformers the movie, which was the very next thing, but even in GI Joe the movie, when Duke gets stabbed in the in the left pectoral by by a snake and he gets venom injected directly into his being, you figure he's 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 dead. But then at the very end, you have that emergency phone call. Oh, Duke made it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that motherfucker died. But. <laughs> 
it's seven o'clock. Who gives a shit at this point? But uh, there's a whole story behind that. But um, yeah, I never saw characters bite the bullet like um. I never, it's the first time I ever saw senpai senpai die in this series. There's a, a guy by the name of Roy Foker, and he's the big brother to the main character. And midway through the series, there's a very uh, notable episode where it's his last moments in the show, and it's very very sad. Like I went to school, busted up. <laughs> I was like, Roy's just, dead. He just wanted a salad. He'll be he'll be back next week, right? He'll be back next episode, right? No. No, never look at pineapple salad the same. <laughs> His last meal, or oh, oh, he actually he didn't live long enough to eat it. <laughs> Poor guy. But Macross Seven, complete departure to me. To me, Macross Seven. Uh, but, well, Doc, actually, any thoughts on Super Dimensional Fortress? No, no, I was going to actually go probably more in on uh, Macross 7. Macross 7. Actually, it's probably one of my favorite ones of the, oh, of yeah, the entire bunch. Because, like, it's, it's so divergent from what it is. Because it's basically, what if rock and roll can save the galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> and basically, that meant it, it can. <laughs> and it does. It does. Hell yeah, it does. Like, Please this, listen to my song, li- son. Listen to my song, damn it. <laughs> like, I'm going to rock you until you stop fighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't have a picture of Macross 7 yet. Sorry. <laughs> it should be in the thingy, whatever. It's but no, yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. I think that's why I really enjoy it. It's, if anything, of the main Macross TV series, it's probably the most polarizing down split from the fandom. You either yeah. love it to death or hate it. I look at it like the G Gundam of uh, Macross, really, because it's way yeah. out there. It's, yeah, people just it's, either it's, super it's hate in the G continent. or they really love it. Yeah, you, you either hate it. It's a rock opera. But it has characters from original Macross in it, too. So uh, you got Max, who's the admiral of the fleet, and he runs uh, one of the SDFs. You have... Uh, best husband. Yeah, best husband. And you got Miria, who's the mayor of Macross City, and you have uh, Exodors in it, too. So yeah. you got, like, returning characters. Yes. If you love characters from Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, they are in this series sprinkled about, and Max is still a badass in a, in a Valkyrie. Absolutely. Don't get dog fights. <laughs> uh, the series actually focuses more on his daughter and uh, a young man named Basara, who's a rocker who refer- refuses to shoot anybody. He has no weaponry on his Valkyrie. He has speakers on his Valkyrie. So he plays music because he believes so much in his music uniting the galaxy. It takes a whole, se- whole series for it to come across, but you see as the series goes along that people start to get with it and the enemy starts to fall in line. And you know, it- It's an interesting show. I, I-, I really I- I enjoyed the spirit of it overall. And uh, at first I- it, it has like a moxie. It has a lot of it. <laughs> Macross Frontier is the recent television series to yes. air in completion. As of and, right now. Exactly. And um, it's really good. Um, I would, it's the music's done by Yoko Kano, for those who don't know, who did, of course, the music to Cowboy cool. Bebop. Some, some lady. <laughs> but, uh, What's yeah. a Cowboy Bebop? She did the music to that, and she did the music to Macross Plus, which is one of the OVAs. Bebop, of course, uh, Escaflone, the, the, the list goes on. But uh, Macross Frontier, I can't say there's too many returning characters. I, actually, there's no returning there's, characters. It's set in a farther future, so mm-hmm. they, there are references to a lot of the characters. It's sort of, they, they keep in that similar timeline. So a lot of stuff that you see in the, uh, in the new in Frontier are all callbacks, allusions, and even uh, just crazy thing, even crazy side notes of like, characters being related to other characters. Characters at one point or another. We got a question back in there. Yeah. So, uh, confession. I only watched Macross. Okay, that's fine. Best place to start. Macross Plus, actually. 
Macross Plus is it, it falls in line with the rest of it, but it stands alone too. Yeah, which it, is cool. You can just watch it and not know any knowledge of Macross and be able to ride. Uh, what's cool is if you have seen Macross, then the very last episode will have a lot of resonance because of where they fight around the SDF one. Because uh, it's the SDF one at its resting place, and when it becomes activated by Sharon Apple and it's attacking them, that's a that's a Hatsune Miku. Hatsune Miku, of course. <laughs> That's who, that's, who, that's who she'll turn out to be in the end. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> yo, 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 shout out to Skynet. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I would probably say just watch the original Macross. It's still, yeah. It still works. Yeah, the original like, Macross even, is amazing. I'll, I'll even go so far as like, you can even watch the Robotech version of it. It still works. Yeah, it's, it, a, it's a very well-done story. It, either, yeah, it's about war, but not really much. It's, after a while, it's just about relationships. Yeah, I, it taught me everything I knew about relationships, like the love triangle and unrequited love and sometimes the first crush is not always the best crush either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's either that or you just don't choose anyone. You yeah. just choose them both. Oh, oh, oh wow. Which, which, is, which, which has to do with one of these series. I won't say what. <laughs> but those who've seen that series, you know which one. Uh, one of them. We got a question back there. What's up? Um, uh, you mean like the Atano Circus? The whole... Well, basically, the fact that they freaking spam missiles like crazy. That's the point. Yeah, it, well, Itano Circus, uh, there was an, uh, an animator by the name of Itano who pretty much became famous because of the way he animated missiles. A, a lot of stuff that he does is, I mean, used to be hand-drawn, but the guy has, like, is so prolific at the point that he, he's one of the few people that actually managed to transition into from hand-drawn to actually computer-generated work. Oh. So he's actually, a, like, he tried to teach people, like, here's how you can actually how do it this, proper. How did this even get on Macross in the first place? Can I, huh? How, do you how just, did missiles instead of lasers became yeah, the We got this? bored. <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point, one of the missiles became it. a beer can for no reason. Oh, yeah, or one of, yeah, if you watch uh, the movie uh, adaptation of the original Macross series, yeah. Do You Remember Love? There's a famous scene where you see one of the missiles. Uh, it, it says Budweiser on the side because apparently they needed their product placement on a, on a warhead. <laughs> This bud's for you, Zentradi. <laughs> but yeah, there was there were several movies and OVAs. There's more, of course, movies and OVAs of Macross than our TV series. Of course, one of note, of course, is Do You Remember Love, which is a reinterpretation of the original Macross series, and it's gorgeous. If you ever get to see it, yep. the animation holds up to this day. It's still, it's still fantastic. Look, and honestly, if you just want just the crash course in, in the Macross franchise, just watch that movie. Just... Don't worry about anything else. I love it. I actually love it as equally as the TV show because of the way, the difference, the different path that they take. Uh, especially for Min May's rendering in that is far better than it was in the TV show. Because Min May was a bit, she was a bit flighty in the TV show, but in the, uh, in the movie, she was a bit more mature. Matter of fact, she was actually more mature than I would say Hikaru. And, you know, when she gets, when she gets taken, it comes back and finds out that Hikaru is with Misa. That's unfortunate for her because I actually felt for her in that situation. I didn't feel for her in a TV show. But in the movie, I did because it wasn't her fault that she got absconded. So uh, when she gets back and has to deal with the fact that um, Hikaru is hooked up with another person. And he still pick right, though. Yeah, he did pick right. I'm not, I, I, will, I will not argue with that. But I, I actually really feel for her. And it, it humanized her quite a bit more. And I, I dug that about it. Any, uh, anything on this list that you find um, that's, uh, that, that, that was your favorite? Um, 
Like, oh, me? Uh, I mean, jeez, do you remember love is the one I always point to. Yeah. It's, it's tough to not talk about it, honestly. Um, Let's see. Um, of course, Macross 7 uh, had, uh, a, uh, had a movie, which is not that long, actually, called The Galaxy is Calling Me that followed that. And, of course, you have the OVAs like Encore and Dynamite 7. Encore is just uh, a couple episodes extra to the TV series that never made it on air that they just released as OVAs. Uh, Macross Zero is a, a prequel. And, of course, you have some movie adaptations of Macross Frontier as well. And they go a different route, too. I think they're pretty good. Um, all, and I think the ending is more finite than the actual TV show. So Does definitely. Pick someone. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, and, of course, Macross 2 is no longer canon, but it was made in the early 90s. And it's an interesting watch. It's not that good. But uh, if you, you want to learn you, about culture. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody will think this is one of the big ones, but Votomes, to me, is definitely a, a great oh, yeah, watch. Yeah. This is where you first see the disposable mo- mecha suit. And the main protagonist, Chiro Kubi, is an amazing badass. Like, he is the John McClane of mecha pilots. He's, <laughs> he's blowing shit up, killing fools, and, uh, and he, he gets... impossible he, Japanese man. Exactly. <laughs> you can't kill this bastard. He jumps out of one suit into another suit, and he's just still wrecking fools. He can, he can, he can wreck people outside uh, the scope dogs, too. But it has a much more realistic, gritty take of, of mecha anime. And there was a, just a TV series that aired in uh, 1983. And then you have a, a bunch of OVAs. Uh, which kind of fill in some of the, the gaps on Chirico's character. Some of them are prequels, some of them are after the TV show, and some of them are just offshoots that have nothing to do with the main story. And I, I, I think the world of the series, because watching it, I, I have never seen a series where all four arcs were different from each other, like drastically different. Like they, You can almost encapsulate them all because there's four main arcs of the TV show and they all take place in different locales. And um, when you go on the journey with Chirico, you, you pretty much, you know, he runs into people, has to interact with them. There's some people who return and are at his side and then eventually he finds out about his, his, his past which has been mysterious from the get-go. And when he finds out about his past, it, it, the series takes an interesting turn. So it, it's set up in a world or in, in the far future where there's been a, long go, a long-standing war and there's like a, 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 I guess, a ceasefire, but the war's still going on to some degree. So that's all in the backdrop. He's a, he's a guy who's been a disenfranchised soldier for like years and years and years. And when he finally gets out the military and he's on the run, it, it, his story goes in interesting places. So um, if you ever get the chance to see Armored Trooper Votomes, I don't believe it's on, the DVDs aren't being produced anymore, but they did release DVDs here, and you can still find them on uh, eBay and whatnot. Doc, you've ever seen this series? I've actually not got enough, got enough through Votomes. I so this is like one of the ones I always regret. I was like, oh damn, I gotta eventually watch this. I just haven't got a chance to. It, it's good. Though. It's gritty and it can definitely be uh, depressing at times, but overall, it's very interesting. I got, I've got to say, it's one of my favorite shows. But um, we have Transformers. Oh my god, I know none of you guys have heard of these guys. Wolf. <laughs> Now, some people, some may argue it, this is not a mecha series. This is a series that features robots, and you'd be right. But it definitely deserves a mention because it's one of the mecha series that we know, one of the robot series that we know here in the States pretty well. Not all of the Transformers series we know very well because there was a shit ton that came out in Japan. <laughs> we know Generation 1. We know Beast Wars and Beast Machines. And then um, in the early 2000s, we started to get a few Starts like... getting Casey. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we started getting a few like Robots in Disguise, which is a new series called Robots in Disguise, Disguise which has nothing to do with the, uh, the one that aired in 2001. They're both separate, but the new one is currently airing. And I hear it's pretty good. It's an actual follow-up to Transformers Prime. If there's any Transformers series I would say to check out... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Is yeah. it now? Yeah, it's 
Fantastic. Hell yes. You played it at one point, I believe, right, in your panel. Yes. That's what's up. It's fantastic. That's if you missed the panel. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, I actually have seen every Transformer series. Have you now? Seriously. Oh, why? Why would you do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sad human being. All right, it's fine. It's not. What happened was, the reason why there's so many and they're so different, uh, at some point, the U.S. and Japan, Takara, uh, had some differences on yeah. how the franchise was going to go. So there was G1, which was split in Japan into two different series between the three seasons. And then Headmasters takes the place of season four of G1. Mm-hmm. Headmasters, Victory, and Zone all take place after that. Beast Wars is canon. Beast Wars 2 and Beast Wars Neo, mm-hmm. because Beast Wars was spread out between the three seasons and Japan wanted to air it, mm-hmm. but they wanted to air it um, more combined. Two and Neo were in kind of in between while they were going through the seasons here. So basically they took, they took advantage of the, uh, the downtime and actually came up with something on their own yep. to, to air, and then, which makes sense because uh, Japanese TV, you know, it, it continues to go on. There's, like, there's no downtime. There's no, there, there's, there there's no, no, downtime. There's no season break. What are you talking yeah. about? Get out of here with that shit. But uh, yeah, um, I, I, there's been a, a ton of Japanese series. I've heard great things about uh, some of them. I, I love Prime. Prime is a series that aired here in the States uh, over the last couple of years. It recently ended when I, as well as the network, The Hub, that it aired on. Yeah. Um, Whoops. And <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, but um, the mentioned the series that we mentioned uh, just a moment ago, the new robots in disguise, is actually a follow up to that, as far as I know. So, oh yeah, let me meet that. But yeah, uh, I, I would definitely out of all those series, I would recommend Prime straight up. It, you don't have to have any prior knowledge of Transformers to watch Prime. It's very well written. It can get very dark at times. Don't let the kids in the show scare you off because they eventually take a backseat to the, the 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 better plot that's in the series or the 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 darker plot that's in the series. And the kids actually play a pretty good role in it. So they're just there to market it towards children, but for the most part... And it's even interesting because like, the design themselves are a lot more uh, closer to the movies that Michael Bay have done. That, so like stuff like Bumblebee, he looks like what you saw in those movies. And you think, like, oh, that's the reason why you want is like this, all those movies are terrible. But actually, no, the cartoon still works. Yeah. It happens to be well-written, <laughs> which is, you know... Necessary for a good show, good writing. Exactly, but uh, the one the one Transformers that uh, a lot of people have seen is uh, Transformers the movie, which came out in 1986 and ruined a lot of childhoods. <laughs> before Michael Bay did, before Michael Bay did, actually, uh, I have fond memories of seeing it because I didn't see it in theaters at all. I used to live in Key West, where there was only one movie theater, and that theater had two rooms. And when Transformers the movie came out, they instead got uh, what's that movie? Uh, uh, Masters of the Universe. They uh, they got that in and some other movie and they said forget Transformers so if I wanted to see it I had to drive up to Miami to go see it my parents were not down with that so I didn't see Transformers the movie until the early 90s on my own I read the uh, comic book adaptation so I knew what happened but it's very well animated I can't say the story is 100% awesome but the so first all are one. it's all or one <laughs> the first third of it is the shit and then it's a coming of age story for like a particular character becoming uh, the leader of the Autobots and 
And, of course, the adversary they're up against was uh, uh, Unicron, which has gone on to be brought back as the adversary in other Transformers series as well. And he was voiced by Orson Welles. It's his last role that he ever did. So if you ever want to see Orson Welles' last role, which he wasn't happy about doing, he, uh, he, uh, he was Unicron. And um, the late, great uh, Leonard Nimoy was the voice of the main villain in this, which was uh, Galvatron, which was uh, Unicron, uh, sorry, not Unicron, but Megatron revived uh, as a new Transformer. So um, he did a great job in it, too. And uh, I definitely, if, if you don't want to watch an entire TV series, check out Transformers the movie. It's, it's an element of its time, but I still think uh, it holds up in some ways today, and it's far better than anything Michael Bay could put out. <laughs> and there's also the touch. Yeah, it, yeah, the touch. Oh, my God, that's the joint. <laughs> All right, we got to blaze through this. The Brave series, um, I know the one you guys are mostly uh, not known, know about is uh, King of Braves Gal Gygar uh, is the last one in the run, but have anybody here seen any of the other Brave series at all? Oh, yeah. Freaking Darrow, of course. Yo, let's, let's hook him up with the mic real quick. What do you got? Hopefully this mic doesn't blow up on us. All right. Did, it did not explode. Okay, good. <laughs> you can good still start. You can project, if anything else. All right. A lot of these shows were sort of made to be kind of, you can kind of look at that picture and see it's kind of like Transformers in, after a way, even though it's not Transformers. The one I would recommend the most after Gal Gygar is probably Brave Police J. Decker. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's a lot of fun. Uh, some of the other ones... You can watch it and appreciate it. They're very much for children, though. You've got to be aware that when you go into it that this isn't going to be like that second half of Gal Gygar yeah. kind of show. This like is suddenly like, I noticed Miss uh, Swan's boobs. What happened? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be very much like, you know, Robot of the Week. You know, the robots look very much just like the toys that you would go out and buy, and they all got very simple personalities. But, you know, Jay Decker, that was one where, like, you got one robot that's a ninja, one robot that's playing soccer, one robot yeah. that's, you know, <laughs> doing all that kind of stuff. So that one, I, I wish they were a little easier to get a hold of. Because yeah. you'll find a lot of these, like, you know, fan subtitles or whatever, a little hard to come by. I know Firebird got a lot of subs on it, mm-hmm. or at least for the first couple episodes. I saw Mike Gein got some subs, Mike Gein, Mike Gein, if you're uh, into uh, unintentional yaoi subtext... <laughs> Let me tell you about Mike Guy, and that might be oh, the so show that's why for I, you. That's why I got subtitled then, I guess. That, that is exa- that's, uh, that's the reason. All right. <laughs> I, I actually, didn't Brave X-Kaiser get brought out here? I uh, think, like, the first volume or... Uh, only the first six episodes of it were subbed. Ah, so um, that's it? Yeah, the first 15 episodes... Well, Dagwon's the uh, most depressing one. That's oh, damn. Kitty, mm-hmm. which was right before, but that's also one considered the ratings killer until Gagagar basically brought the series back up. Yeah. Well, um, do you guys think that um, the reason why the second half of Gagagar was uh, um, uh, darker, I suppose, and more, I guess, more for older audience was because a whole generation grew up with the Brave series and watched them continuously to the point where Gal Gygar, you know, was you know, seven years down the road and the audience was a lot older. You think they, they were, like, kind of catering to them? that they finally get that? It's kind of like, you know, the people who grew up watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. You're not supposed to keep watching these shows. Damn you, microphone. <laughs> and, there, and there it goes. <laughs> Go ahead. So, like, I <laughs> but I want to know if he catches them all, though. <laughs> oh, hey, apparently he's a deadbeat. <laughs> it's like it, this 
chick is dating Mr. Mime, I guess, is this what it's going to be like or something? Uh, something like that. Yeah. But like that. Uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to Gal Gagar, um, or when it comes to the Brave series, uh, uh, the one the only one I've seen is Gal Gagar, and it's really good. It's hype as hell, um, and it ends in one of the most glorious fashions you can ch- you can absolutely see with the uh, the two OVAs they came up with with Gal Gagar final and uh, grand glorious gathering. It's like the uh, TV show adaptation of Final. Yep, it is, and um, it's it's kind of a bittersweet ending, but it's a really good ending, I'd have to say. Last but not least. Of course, we have to talk about Evangelion. And Radio? It, <laughs> I know, I know uh, my, my cohorts are not too crazy about the show, but I actually love Ava. I don't, think, I don't think it's the greatest anime ever made, but it definitely turned a lot of heads. And when it comes to its production, it's one of the best examples of how you produce an anime series when it comes to the design and the look of it and the sleekness of just, just the world that they built for the series. You've got the television series, which aired in 1995. I watched it on videotape when ADV was releasing it slow as hell so uh which that, version that was uh, uh how many versions did you actually have to buy <laughs> the original vhs release Ooh. which not super samoan edition <laughs> but, the um, christmas one the, <laughs> the christmas special but yeah I, I watched it originally and it was the talk of the town for three years because uh, it took that long for those te- those tapes to finish uh releasing here in the states but um it was a, a crazy run the last two episodes are very controversial the, the look of them and the way they decide to wrap the story up is unconventional let's say some people say it was intended some people say the budget ran out some people say other things but um because of the uproar of the ending um they decided to go back and revamp the last two episodes as a movie called the end of evangelion which is very bloody and very well animated and very well produced doc yeah. uh what's your history with ava what, I mean, what are your thoughts on it most of my my knowledge is like obviously comes way after because I, I mean I was aware of Evangelion at one point or another through just os- osmosis. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that you can't escape it if you like start to watch anime after a while. Someone usually ends up pointing to you Evangelion just because hey you should watch this because everyone freaking watches like Cowboy Bebop. That's mm-hmm. that's somehow it's it's a mainstay and also because eventually you know it ends up being shown on television at one point or another. You can't help but end up seeing it. But I mean honestly I actually did enjoy the ending of the TV series. I thought it was really interesting. I- in retrospect, like years later, I started to appreciate it after seeing the movie and and still being mystified by some of the events that happened to that. I went back and watched the series, and I appreciate the last two episodes now more than I did originally because I was a little a little upset on how it ended when I was a uh, when I was a youngster. I suppose you have the three movies that have come out, which kind of retell the series. You are not alone. Evangelion 1.0 came out in 2007. It looks it looks gorgeous, man. And then uh, 2.0, you cannot advance. Came out just a few years years ago in 2011 and then uh the one that is very controversial is 3.0 you cannot redo and people love it and some other people hate it and uh i happen to like it i i think i i didn't really wanted to see the same story retold so it's nice to see it kind of go off the rails like it did and boy does it rails. goes off the rails it goes way the f off the rails <laughs> but uh dog what, what, you, what were your thoughts I, on i mean that? i really did enjoy i, I think the I ha- it's hard for me to really like take the entire whole remakes or whatever you want to call them in like, for serious until I actually fe- I watched that last movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like if once I take the whole whole thing in, I'll be like, okay, I see what he's trying to do now. But I mean, if, if the first movie alone is just like, hey, it's that first arc, but pretty. Uh, <laughs> now this, the second movie is like, oh wow, this is going nuts, and the third movie is like, wait, what happened? Uh, <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> 
yeah, so there, I mean, I have problem. There, like, I have some problems with it, but I can't say that I'm, I can't be angry at this thing because it's one, it's supposed to be entertainment, goddammit. Like, it, it, it entertained me to a point, okay, but I don't, there's no reason for me to just be angry about it. So, just waiting, okay, when's this stupid new movie coming out? Then I'll watch it, get it done. Yeah, this is a movie that we keep waiting for. Um, some of the ones I'll just briefly mention that are, I think, essential viewing as well. Um, es- uh, there's, uh, there's a few fantasy mecha anime series out there that people some should fans. check out. Uh, the Vision of Escaflone is very unique because the main protagonist is a female who doesn't pilot the mech but the story follows her. Her name's Satomi, and she's a woman who's ripped from the real world into a fantasy world where men pilot these gaimalefs, which are these huge suits of armor that are that, that look like they're run off of steam and you know off of magic and whatever. But dragons, dragons, exactly. They're very intricately designed, and of course, you have an awesome cast in that. Or Battler Dunbine. It's a fantasy series that precedes uh, Escaflone. It came out in 1984, I believe. 1983. I apologize. Um, and it's created by the creator of uh, Gundam, Yoshiyuki Tomino, and it has one of the most jarring endings I've ever seen in a series. I will have to say, like, this ending is no holds barred. And I love the twist in the middle of the series. I won't ruin it, but there's an event that happens which kind of turns everything upside down. So um, if you ever have the chance to see or Battle Dunbine, it came out through ADV a couple years ago, but uh, the DVDs were very... Uh, they weren't. It didn't sell well, so the last DVDs weren't printed all that much, so it might be hard to obtain. Uh, Doc, Full Metal Panic, man, let him know uh, about it's, that. It's basically about a, a young boy who is a soldier, and uh, he just wants to have you know normal high school life. That's pretty much it. <laughs> there's also he's also like a, a secret agent for this like anti-terrorist organization, and he had there's this chick that's there. A lot of crazy stuff. It's it's a dumb series. It's it's funny though, and I added it to the list because it, there's comedic elements behind it. Yeah, there is one specific series that's all all the comedy, all the high school hijinks you would normally have there. But this it's still like a pretty much it. It's still about a soldier. It it just. Hap- the, the weapons they use just happen to be mechs. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. They could be using tanks. They could be using a car. It doesn't matter. It's, just, it's a mech. And stupid, crazy voodoo science that happens as well. Pat Labor. I love this series. It's it's a police drama, basically, where um, in the future, there's crime that's committed in Mecca, and they have to have these police mechs called uh, Pat Labors to help police that crime. And it's a story... Well, the main, the main TV show and the OVAs cover uh, the ins and outs of a group of police officers who have to kind of keep the peace, and and your main protagonist is a female protagonist, which is not often you see in mecha anime. And uh, I, there was an OVA series that started off in the late 80s, then it became a television show in the early 90s, and then you have some of the movies which are, I believe, done by Mama Roshi, I believe, and... Uh, yeah, some of them. And uh, some of them are. And they vary on what the focus is, but I think they're very well done. They can have slow pacing, but I think it's worth it to watch them. Um, but Pat Labor is, a, is, a, is, is an awesome series. I, I recommend it to people. You guys have probably seen Ghost in the Shell, uh, Standalone Complex. I think to or not. me. It does. <laughs> you never know. Like, can you sit through that? Oh. Is this all that talking? Oh. <laughs> all that philosophy? <laughs> It's, uh, it's on Tsunami at, at, at 12 o'clock at night. Do you think you can stay up for that? It's the one anime series that I have other people who don't watch anime ask me about. Like, I don't watch anime, but I see this Ghost in the Shell on television, and I can't turn it off. It's so damn good. My dad came to me and it's like, you, you've been watching Ghost in the Shell? It's like, oh, man, that show's the shit. Can I robot like, cry? I- <laughs> I'm really hoping that the, uh, ad- the live-action adaptation that uh, Scarlett Johansson recently said that she's going to start filming it. 
I believe in the summer. So, um, so January? The, yeah, January, January. I take that back. In January. So she got cast as the major, and uh, she's going to be playing her in the live action adaptation. I really hope it's based on Standalone Complex as opposed to the manga or the original movies, because Standalone Complex has the most depth out of all the Ghost in the Shells. If you have to pick one version of Ghost in the Shell to watch, watch Standalone Complex. You will not regret it. If you love sci fi, if you love people taking issues that are from today and then throwing them into the future and seeing how bad they get, Ghost in the Shell is very good at producing. Projecting uh, cyberpunk ideals when it comes to like our current problems. But Doc, anything you wanted to say about no, that? No, no. I mean, you can watch the other movies that are out there as well if you feel like that. Absolutely. It. Second Ghost in the Shell movie. You know, Story Time with Bato. If you feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh shit. But um, real quick, Space Runaway Ideon um, is a series that in part inspired Evangelion. It was also created by Yoshiyuki Tomino in 1979, uh, sorry, 1980. And it's very, I, I'll spoil the ending for you. It's very notorious because the end, everybody dies in gruesome ways. Although the journey is worth it. It's a, it's, it's a very, very, very somber take on the effects of war. And um, it features a bunch of kids that have to kind of survive in this ultimate powered suit that uh, they have to protect from people who are fighting over capturing it because they could conquer the universe with it. So they have to kind of keep it away from them. And it comes to a bloody, bloody finale towards the end. So um, if you guys want to check out a show that is, uh, you'll learn a lot from it because you'll see like things taken from it that have been borrowed in other series for a, a day on. Um, yeah, it's very rare that uh, Tomino gets very de- depressed. It's, it's- <laughs> And it's one of a few times that happens. So, oh, let's see. <laughs> Some people might argue with this one, but this is one of my favorites because it's more driven by the characters than it is the mecha in it, and that's Code Geass. The series moves at, at, at light speed when it comes to the twists and in the plot, and the main character is an anti-hero. He's a guy um, who was uh, wronged when he was a child, and he um, his mother was killed, and he was his birthright was to become the emperor, I guess, of the Britannians. But then he was kind of uh, exiled to Japan, which has been taken over by the Britannians, and they have been reduced to like second-class citizens and almost slaves, basically. And he has to live among them in a private uh, in a, at a private school, basically. And the twist and turns that this series takes it takes the idea of the hero and the villain and flips it to, so that you're focused on the guy who should be the villain but he is a, he is a protagonist in a sense and then the guy who should be the hero is the villain so I love the twist on that there's a lot of intrigue and a lot a lot of twists like a lot of episodes end on cliffhangers and it's it, it's, it has a fast pace I, I equate it as the anime version of The Shield because if you ever watched The Shield Big that Mikey. show does not stop for shit <laughs> He's, he's the Vic Mackey of anime, as far as I'm concerned. They could be, they couldn't be any more different. But when it comes to like the bad guy being the main character, you know, it's 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 thrilling it, to watch. It's really good. Uh, I mean, it's even to this day, I feel the ending to the series is still debated. Yeah, <laughs> to this day, I don't know why. I just like there is a clear ending. Shut up. <laughs> Honestly, the thing is, like, uh, even even more so with Kogias, I feel like the 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 I guess the the prototype version of that mo- of that series, uh, Gunsword, which basically the same team worked on co- that co- worked on Kogias worked on Gunsword, which mm-hmm. came out earlier, has basically the same of elements. In my in my opinion, kind of do it, do it a lot better, really, if than Gun Code Geass. But if mm. you ever get a chance, Gun X Sword, the X is silent. But yeah, I need to see that. Yeah. I've only seen like the first couple of episodes. It's worth, it's worth your time. It's uh, you think, oh, I like this guy. He's he's awesome. He has a tuxedo. You figured like, oh, this guy's a cool guy. And then as the series goes, you realize, oh, something. Oh no, this. I don't think I should like this guy. <laughs> 
But uh, the last one we'll talk about is Nadesco. It is, uh, it's unique because not only is it the comedy with very dramatic elements in it, mm. but also it, it has a show within a show called Geki Ganger. Hell Let's yeah, Geki Ganger 3, which is heavily based on um, Get a Robo, which we talked about earlier. Um, and I, it's a 1970s anime that uh, people... Uh, otaku watch nowadays and say that you know anime today sucks the old school anime uh is is still the best like the main character encounters a dude named guy daigoji and i won't say much about guy but except the fact that he's amazing but uh <laughs> the best thing in the series the best thing in the series. honestly Although, the entire show is worth nothing if it's not <laughs> <laughs> but guy gets him in, gets the main character into watching Geki Ganger 3 and uh the series goes from there it's wacky um, it takes a lot of tropes from anime that you know and 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 and, and does something new with it, and it's so much fun. It's a little old now. It's a, it came out in 1997, but I, I I tell people to check that out as well as Die Guard. That's a good Die Guard Die is a God. good companion series to that as well if you can find Die Guard. But we're, oh, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie sucks. If if only I played that Sega Saturn game, I would have probably enjoyed it. <laughs> Oh my god, we're running out of time. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, what do we got? I had questions, questions but I'm just going to open up the floor. If anybody has questions, I see I like Mitsugi in the back. Over. What do you got? Just shouts. I just want to give him a shout out to That's good. That sucks too. Okay. <laughs> that I'm seeing sucks. a pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. You don't, and she. That was Yoko Kono's, I think, last soundtrack with when working with her husband too. Like it was her and her husband that worked on that, and um, she's she's put out awesome soundtracks since. Since, but I'm with you when uh, when you say that Escafone is one of her best. think so? I think Bebop's a notch above, but just a notch. Just a notch. That's it. That's it. But uh, any, anybody else with uh, any... Uh, any oh, I'm gonna it's not really anime-based, but Exo Squad. Yeah, you know what? Exo Squad actually was... I never watched it myself, but my co-host Chris on uh, Gundam at MHQ and uh, the headmaster of MHQ.net, big fan of Exo Squad. He said it was... Uh, Definitely ahead of its time, and the storylines went places you did not expect them to go, and it was far more mature than what a kid's television show would normally be in that time. How'd you feel about it? It's sad it didn't get a third season. Yeah, it is kind of sad. Uh, did, did, did it get continued in novels or anything like that? Not as far as I know. It just ended the way it did. That sucks, man. Yo, welcome to American television, guys. <laughs> Yo, Gargoyles, when are we going to get that new season? No, never, never. <laughs> Keith David, please. <laughs> How much time we got left? Uh, uh, minutes. Three minutes, all right. Three minutes. The three minute warning. Yeah. Clock is taking it in the clear. Yeah, if you guys want to ask uh, one of the questions that Doesn't matter, whatever. What do you guys think of like uh, Pacific Rim? It's fun. Really, really enjoyed dumb. it. I'm I'm so glad because America failed when it came to making sure that that was the movie that won the box office that weekend. <laughs> Instead, it was Grown Ups too. So I want to slap everybody who saw that movie. <laughs> but the worldwide box office said, you know, this movie is awesome. We, we they went to go see it because of the box office worldwide. It's getting a sequel that's coming out sometime in 2017. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I love the first one and. Uh, 
Jeff. Have you, have you watched the time on Eisner? I have, and I thought it was cool. I, I don't think it's yeah. the greatest series ever made, but I think it was cool. Do you feel like Attack on Titan is a little bit too much like a mecha anime for good? It is actually a mecha anime in disguise. It really is. I, I've been saying that since I, because I did commentary on it on my live stream channel. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, un, 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 I won't say I won't I won't say Aaron is like Shinji Kajikari because he's actually rage filled. He wants to get out there and beat some ass. But <laughs> no, no, that's actually legitimate. Honestly, I think that's there's some there's some truth to that. There's some truth to that. I actually agree with that statement. What are your thoughts on this is a recent show um, kind of similar to Gundam, uh, Alpha Zero? I don't know. I've been uh, hearing some crazy things about it, and I actually want to sit down and watch it. I haven't watched it all. I, it's yeah, on Crunchyroll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know a lot of people have been complaining about certain parts of it, but I haven't actually... Yeah, all I know is that New Orleans gets nuked off the fucking map. <laughs> and the main character is autistic or some shit like that. Of course, that's not true. He's just eccentric or something like that, but... Super hard. Super hard? Like super hard sci-fi. I yeah. want to watch that, and I want to watch the other show by uh, the dude who did Gundam Seed. Cross Ange. Cross Ange, because it's just so fucking... No, you don't. Yeah. You don't want to watch that, actually. <laughs> Trust me. Zero. Z-Mind. Z-Mind? I've never seen it. I've been wanting to. I have like a stack of anime I've been wanting to sit down and watch. We're about to watch, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, Dragonar? We're about to watch that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're about to watch Dragonar so, yeah. and, and do a, do a retro in an review alternate the universe. That yeah. is the actual Gundam series. Hell yeah, dude. But uh, Z-Mind, I actually have that, and I've been meaning to sit down and watch that. So thank you for bringing that up, man, because uh, do, do you recommend it? I thought it was, I mean, for a six-episode show that uh, was kind of cut down two six-episodes, like, as they were making Yo, Ed. Oh, no. You got a question? Well, I thought you did. Let's raise your hand. What the fuck? <laughs> Why you gotta All do right. that, Ed? Last question. Anybody? Valrave? I heard it's a, a mecha anime with vampires. <laughs> you know. And, and something happens. Someone gets assaulted about something. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Don't watch Cross Ange. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot of that. It's really Not bad. I guess that's a good... It, le- it leaves questions. Why? More like why? Well, wasn't it... The question is easy. Really quickly. Isn't there a second season? Yeah, there was a second season. And, and that second season's over, huh? Oh, just wow. one card too. Well, that's all the time we have. The lovely Chiaki and, of course, uh, Mitsugi back there. They're about to rock the panel yeah, here. Re- I-, I can record. Hey, yo, pass a beer over. God damn it. Like, you're holy. The, the even lovelier Mitsugi. <laughs> this panel will go a lot more smoother. <laughs> They're about to rock the panel. Matter of fact, I can record it for you guys if you want. I'm already hooked up. So if you guys want me to record the panel, I can do that. <laughs> I leave okay. no evidence. <laughs> But honestly, just to let you guys know real quick, if you guys didn't know already, um, make sure to check out Mr. Lee Majors on Twitch.tv. As I mentioned in the beginning, great stream. He's almost up to 600 viewers, man. Hit him up. Let him know you watch, watch that Titanfall and let him know how he's doing. The Ask Backwards Anime Podcast. I want to give a bigger round of applause for the doc for being a part of this, guys. No, no. Oh, all right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Make sure to go to ssaapodcast.com. Subscribe to them on iTunes at SSAA Podcast. Of course, mhq.net. Make sure to visit there. Subscribe to us on iTunes at just search for Gundam. 
and we'd love to have you and uh, leave us a review if you like the show. And Gundam.net, of course, you can go there and follow us on Twitter. We, um, for those who don't know, we uh, do a bi-weekly stream for Gundam Extreme versus Full Boost. So if you have the import game of that and you want to join us for that, we do it on twitch.tv slash fighters ready at 11 p.m. on Saturdays. Uh, the next one is uh, Saturday, May the 2nd. You can come on out, join us. We have a Skype conversation going. We pull people in. They play with us. We rotate people in and out. If you want to join us for that, please do. We also play, uh, that's my friend Shoji Romero. He has a Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Shoji Romero as well. Uh, Level 9 is where we do our Gundam uh, Breaker 2 streams. So if you have Gundam Breaker 2 and you want to play along with us, uh, twitch.tv slash Level 9. Our next session is on May the 1st. And Shin Station Live, we do live commentaries on anime from there. So if you guys want to uh, check that out. Is that uh, legal? Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not really on up and up, but tinyurl.com slash Shin Station if you want to join us for... I just wrapped up Build Fighters Try. So if you guys want to see my commentary in the last couple episodes, go there and check it out before it's gone. And the Anime Fandom Town Hall is starting up uh, tomorrow at 12.30 a.m. in the main events room. We're having a back and forth, basically. If you have an issue with Anime Fandom today and you want to come out and say your piece about that, that's what we're doing. So come on out for that tomorrow in the main hall 12 30 a.m we'll be hosting that and thanks for coming to the mecca anime Conf- confidential panel here at florida anime experience 2015 I shot you? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was shooting. Yeah, I, was, I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you. But come damn! Somebody shot you in the ass. Tell me about it. Ricky Hunter, you're late. But at least you made it to my party. Rick, how have you been? Glad I could come. Well, well, well. who do we have here? Wait just a minute. Huh? Who Ben here has just been assigned to me. I'm Corporal Ben Dixon, man. Well, what's up? Nice to meet you. This is Corporal Max Sterling. How do you do? Call me Max, ma'am. You're pretty good looking. Oh, that was a very nice compliment, ma'am. I'm just honored to meet a beautiful girl like you. Well, welcome to my birthday party, Max. I want you to come over here and sit next to me, all right? Okay. Listen, Rick, if it were me, I'd keep an eye on him. Oh, brother. This is an emergency. All Veritech group members scramble. All Veritech group members scramble immediately. Emergency. Emergency. Oh no, you're going? Sorry. What can you do? It's the army. Taxi! Hey! Taxi! Come on, you guys, let's get going. Hey, I can't take all you guys. You gotta take us, pal. This is an emergency. emergency. She anything to you like your girlfriend? What kind of question is that? Ask me at a time like this, Ben. You okay, Max? I think I'm just a little tense. Don't worry about a thing. You know nothing can go wrong while I'm around. Now I'm really worried <laughs> about this flight. This is Gunside One. Black Squadron confirms to a counterattack in the fourth quadrant. Roger. Corporal Sterling and Dixon, follow me. Roger. Roger. What area are we supposed to defend? We're all on the defense line, fourth quadrant. But that's way at the end. All the really heavy action's happening over there. Can we get into some of 
can you possibly have in mind? We've been given orders, so follow them. Fighter 102, enemy coming in off your right wing tip. I'll fly rings around them, eh? Watch me show these guys up. Nixon, don't play around. You got me? Boss, I'm in trouble. Help me or I'm a gunner for sure. Pop it, Ben. You'll get yourself killed doing that. Now I gotta see. Watch out. Here it comes. Sure was a big fat mess you got me out of. Hey, is that Max? Look at him go! Max, you tore him up! I'm happy I was able to help out. It's unbelievable! Lieutenant Hunter, huh? bad defensive maneuvers. Your response time will have to improve immediately. Hey, I've got a couple of completely inexperienced pilots here. I can't perform and babysit at the same time. I never even saw him. He destroyed a whole section of the fighter. Boy, I'm glad the repairs don't come out of my pocket. Max, you did pretty well. Yep, it was luck, though. They said I put away nine. Nine? My total was zero. Well, what a hotshot Max has become. I'll say. About how many did you blast? About five. Oh, I'm sorry, I mentioned it. You probably feel bad that Max beat you out. Oh, I don't know, I, uh... I was pretty good. Huh? I imagine it's possible they might even promote me. Some jump. Corporal to General after one battle. I know you. And I know when you got something brewing. I know it. What I got brewing? You what I got brewing, Ray? You tell me. You done lost your dumb damn mind. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You're listening to episode 162, where we finally wrapped up the second half of Gundam Bill Fighters Try. Great show. If you have time to check it out, please do. And you can watch it live over on youtube.com slash Gundam Info or at Gundam.info and catch up with all the episodes if you missed any. Also, as a bonus segment this episode, I have got a recorded panel from uh, the recent Florida Anime Experience, which is a convention that I went to myself and doctor from the SSAA podcast. I uh, hosted a mecha panel at Florida Anime Experience. So if you were there, thank you very much for coming out. And a big shout out to uh, Doctor from the SSAA Podcast. Make sure to check out his show at SSAAPodcast.com and find him on iTunes just for searching up uh, SSAA Podcast. And uh, before we close things out, when you guys have time, make sure to check out these websites. Head on over to where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. 
YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube and YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Pilot the robot. Uh, no, I am afraid. Shinji, you f***er. Hey, Shinji, you better pilot it or I won't love you anymore. Father, you never loved me. <laughs> if he can't do it, Ray must do it. <gasps> yes, let her do it. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. How do you know this place even exists? I was born there. So why'd you leave? I didn't. I was taken as a child. Stolen. You've done this before? Many times. Now that I drive a war rig, this is the best shot I'll ever have. And them? They're looking for hope. What about you? Redemption.